0: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: welcome to Silva and Gold,
2: coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds,
1: Piccolo and Dr. Zom.
0: you don't want to be at. This ain't no whole sweet home. It's a whole sweet misery. We knew when we got here. They tried to put us away. But when they see us walk down the street, they ran the other way. in in
1: the whole U.S.A.
2: <laughs>
3: oh we are back ladies and gentlemen welcome to silver and gold i am the loaf and with me finally back this week the good doctor dr Zahn.
4: hey what's up people he is back from the dungeon of doom
3: ready to rock your ear holes i guess i am too how are you sir
4: I've oh, been hanging out with Kevin Sullivan and uh the giant and uh Mang down in the dungeon of- the zodiac. Zod, so, no, not him. <laughs>
1: Fuck that guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh this week we're doing a couple uh baseball flicks. Uh, I guess we'll, I guess uh, Emily is the uh the impetus behind this show, The Deadly Doll. Yeah. whatever. Um, Thanks, we're doing Emily. A, a League of Their Own from 1992 and Field of Dreams from 1989. So, yeah, Kevin Costner in a baseball movie. Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah. Oh, so, pretty shitty week on my side. Nice. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I've been a little burnt on movies. I don't know about you. I'm, I haven't, uh, haven't been watching a lot. Um, you know, just kind of fucking around.
4: Are you going through a thing, like a, the, the change of life or midlife crisis or something?
3: Yeah, I'm thinking going to menopause or something. It's really weird. Mailman, uh, pause. <sighs> Your what pussy's what you, starting what, to grow. What
4: have you been watching
3: this Another one. What have you been <laughs> watching this week?
4: <laughs> Alright, well, I have a long list because I wasn't here last week, so I'll go through these pretty quickly, and uh, we'll get down to um, our no chemistry fucking heaven podcast. <laughs> okay, the first thing I watched was a uh, 44-inch chest with uh, Ray Winstone <laughs> and uh, John Hurt. And um, oh my god, what's that dude that was in uh, Tombstone uh, that uh, uh, Richard Burton punched in the stomach and Villain that was his lover? <laughs> Ian McShane? Yes, Ian McShane. <laughs> I'm telling you what, people, I, I, I didn't hear good things about this movie. And it's not like great, but I fucking enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you know, big old fat. Harry slob Ray, Ray Winstone gets Winston. his heart stomped by a you know an evil vicious woman because you know how they are.
3: Oh, I see. I see. I see. Uh, Tom W Wilkinson was in it too. I like. Yeah,
4: him. it had a hell of a cast. He's good. <laughs> um. So anyway, and then the next thing I watched was something uh, that was recommended to me by a lot of people, including large Canadian, uh, and that is Sympathy for Mister Vengeance. And uh yeah. this was very good. It did not disappoint. Um it had it had a couple of things in it that just uh that had to do with a um a deaf mute person and how things can happen. Uh yeah, it was just oh, it was just just really s- s- some sad stuff and I'm sure people that uh have seen it know what I'm talking about.
3: So what's what's what is your favorite of the vengeance trilogy now?
4: Um. Okay, you had sympathy for Mister Vengeance. You had
3: Old Boy, and yeah,
4: and what was the other one? The woman, Lady Vengeance. Lady Vengeance.
3: Oh, I still have yet to watch Lady Vengeance, though.
4: That might be the one that I like the most. Okay. Um, but it's hard to say now because I've seen Old Boy several times. But i uh, i think I think that one's the one that you know I, I don't know I liked them all, but I think that one I, I liked it uh, it had some god damn it's hard to choose
1: and,
4: <laughs> Well um the next thing I watched uh ranks up there with the next two actually are right in in on par with that which you know that's kind of why it's like you know well god damn I watch so much good stuff was uh Valentine's Day with uh, a <laughs> 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 let's see Jamie Foxx and Jessica Biel and uh oh, yeah. Bradley Cooper and uh hey. Julia Roberts and this had an all-star cast and it had um, the chick the what's her name um <laughs> oh my god what uh that was in um Whatever Anne Hathaway, yeah, she was pretty hot in this. She looked like she had a nice big can on her, uh, and Jessica Biel always has a nice big can on her. But this movie, you know, hey, you know, I know people that hated this fucking movie. It was just on TV, so I, I just happened to be watching it with a group, uh, and you know, I don't know, it's nothing great, but it's a chick flick, so I mean, you know, hey. Uh, And then I topped that off. It was a double feature that night. (laughs) (laughs) With Hitch, with Will Smith. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Well this did have Ava Mendez in it. But I'm telling you what, Paul Blart Mall Cop, I could, uh, you know, I see him in anything. I tune out. He is not good. (laughs) Uh, He's not funny. He's one of these guys that just because he looks funny, I think that he he just is bad. And uh, I, I don't like him. Um,
3: Kevin James.
4: I revisited. I like killing flies on Netflix Instant. Good doc. I like watching that one. I watched that one probably about ten times now. Um, <laughs> Scream two uh, with uh, Courtney cock and uh, Pancake Tits. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> uh, what is her name? That um, they're always chasing.
3: I don't know. I I don't even know if I've seen Scream 2. I've seen the first one.
4: That one, uh, whatever. It, but it had Liev Shriver in it. So that was a surprise. And uh David Arquette and um what is that chick's name? The fucking uh God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nev Campbell.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah,
4: you know, she's all right, but she just she she um
3: Oh, well, she was in the first one too.
4: Yeah, there's nothing she can do about her boobs, but they're just not very spectacular. <laughs> uh, she's not about the world though. I'm trying to, you know, trying to be nice. Um, stand up guys with uh Al Pacino and Chris Walken.
1: Ugh.
4: Dude, this was so fu- this was horrible. <laughs> and uh I don't know why I I I I should have known. Uh but I started watching this and I uh, it's reminiscent of the one with De Niro and Pacino. Uh it's bad. And um it's tries to be kind of funny. You know, it it's 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 one of those ones like okay it, it sort of reminded me of a cross between the one with pacino and um uh, and um de niro uh but also the uh the uh old folks kind of gangster thing with uh burt lancaster and kirk douglas except that one was really tongue-in-cheek and lighthearted, and in its own way kind of you know right, nice right but this one was just shit i mean it was bad <laughs> Uh, Christopher Walken had a couple moments in it that 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 he was pretty good in, but um, Pacino just was bad. Um, they did all the gimmicks, you know, the, all the old folks, you know, shit out of fish out of water, old person thing. You know, I'm going to I'm going to get some Viagra and I'm going to take it and then not. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, have a four hour adventure. You know, Jesus. and I was like, "Jesus Christ, dude, get the fuck off!" No uh, <laughs> away. Uh, and walking this old man, he looks like shit. He looks, he looks fucking ten times older than Al Pacino. He looks like an old ghoul. Yeah. yeah. I watched Miracle with Kurt Russell, which you have never seen. You should see this. This is really good. this This one will make your heart feel good. But he's he's good. I mean, he's just it's it's a good good sports movie, but um, just a good movie. Uh, Mama with, uh, what's her face? The (laughs) redheaded. Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Uh, Now this isn't my kind of movie. So I'm just, you know, it was kind of strange that I found myself watching Mama. Did you rent it? Huh?
3: Did you rent this?
4: Yes. Well, I did. not My friend Greg did. He likes horror movies. And he said, um, he goes, that hey, now, now you ain't gonna get scared, are you? And I'm like, dude, I said, I'll fucking watch it, i don't give a shit. And then he jumped like 5,000 <laughs> times, which is hilarious. There's nothing better than watching someone uh, just totally get into a fucking movie. It's like one of those things where if they're sitting there staring at the screen and you walk up behind them and put your hand on their shoulder, they about shit themselves. Uh, I about shit myself with this one, Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, You know, for... It wasn't bad, mm-hmm. but for Tom Cruise, I mean, it was kind of like, really? Because, I mean, he usually uh, picks pretty good projects. Even uh, he, he doesn't usually pick stuff that, that um, is of this ilk.
3: Yeah. This is kind
4: of a cross between Fast and Furious and I don't know what, like fucking a Seagal movie. Um I could see Seagal starring in this because that's the kind of it. Just like they took a Seagal fucking movie and and Tom Cruise played the fucking. It wasn't bad. The chick in it was she was a blonde chick and she looked like she was you know she had some some uh, curves to her. Uh, let's see, John dies at the end. Mm. Uh, a lot of good stuff. A boot this one. I didn't know anything about it and uh, wasn't familiar with any of the source material except when I listened to Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema and uh, the the classier version of this turd. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty good. Now this is another one I watched with my friend Greg and he was, I think it was like one of those things where he saw the trailer or something and made up his mind that he wasn't going to like it before he even watched it. So he he half-ass watched it, and I was laughing my ass off through the whole thing. <laughs> it's like, man, this is bad. You know? <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, been wanting to see this, and I, you know, I should have known that it was, you know, chickish, flickish. Yeah. Uh, What's her face won the um, Oscar. Um,
3: Wait, somebody won an Oscar for that movie?
4: Uh, didn't Jennifer Lawrence? I don't know. Yeah, she won the Best Actress. Oh, wow. But I can tell you, I mean, um, as far as chick flicks go, it was all right. Yeah. I think Bradley Cooper was really good in it. I'm not sure that I thought that her performance was, like, Oscar-worthy. I like her. I think she's cute. I think she's seems like she, – and, and I thought she was okay, but I just I, – I don't know. Uh, De Niro was, was good in it. It's yeah. uh, It's good to see him doing something that's, like, fairly – you know, (laughs) challenging. (laughs) Um, I thought that the, you know, uh, let's put it this way. Bradley Cooper, uh, played the (laughs) bipolar manic guy. Um, pretty good from my experience. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) uh, let's see. Total recall again with, uh, Colin Farrell and, uh, a couple of chicks. Um, I still like that one. <laughs> uh, that was another one one of my friends put in as we watch it. Uh, now, this one was uh, The Details and this starred uh, Spider-Man Guy. Garfield. Uh, huh? Garfield? No, Tobey Maguire.
3: The first was Spider-Man Guy.
4: Spider-Man Guy. Uh, and Elizabeth Banks and Laura Linney. Mm-hmm. And this one was funny. Pretty fucking funny. And Ray Liotta. It's fucking... I never heard of it.
3: I haven't heard it of was, it either.
4: It was fucking funny uh, and quirky. And Tobey Maguire has this weird weirdness about him. And this, uh, when he, I swear to God, he can just do the big eye thing. <laughs> Goddamn, he is weird. But it's good. It has a lot of raccoons in it. And if you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking. <laughs> watch "Tag the Dog" with Dustin Hoffman and uh, Robert De Niro. Another fucking. This was. One that, you know, a lot of people saw it, but De Niro was really good in it. Um, Woody Harrelson and a lot of people in it, but uh, Willie Nelson was in it. Uh, But if you watch this now and then you still – and you see a lot of the political stuff that has went on in the past and even going on right now, it's still very relevant. Uh, watched NWO: The Revolution uh, on uh, Netflix Instant. Uh, this is a documentary that uh, WWE put out about the New World Order new, and new,
3: new World Order, World Order
4: in uh, WCW. It's pretty good. I hate Eric Bischoff, so anything <laughs> when they put his fucking face on there, I want to punch the TV set.
3: Man, I remember that 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 hit at the perfect time for me. It was my the NWO stuff happened during my first year of college, and um, in, into the summer afterwards. And um, I remember when Hulk Hogan turned. Yeah. And uh, I, I worked at a day camp. Um, I was probably I was I was probably the youngest guy that worked there. It was this I was nineteen, and um, but it was this uh, big dude there named Lonnie who watched wrestling also. And I remember the first thing he said to me when I came into the, came into work the next morning. He had his arms out. and He's like. Oh, Hogan, man! Okay, he was all destroyed. It was really <laughs> funny. That I mean, that was that blew everybody away. That was really that was some good stuff.
4: It blows me away just thinking about how um, big wrestling was at that time. Mm-hmm. Like going into Walmart and shit, and seeing NWO T-shirts yeah. in the gas stations and shit. They'd yeah, be selling. Yeah. I had uh, one.
3: I had one with a six ball on the back, the six pock.
4: <laughs> oh my god, I hated it. Uh, <laughs> It was so funny how you know that that, that peaked. It, it was such a peak that they really didn't have anywhere to go except down. But I mean, uh, the, and and it being so huge at that time, yeah. And and when you look at like when you got to the point where it, it seemed like every single person in the company was fucking in the NWO, and you're like,
3: oh, <laughs> the, yeah, the fucking wolf pack and all that shit.
4: And they 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 fucking just squeezed every drop of fucking juice out of that. Cause they were so creatively inept. They had one idea and they, and they stole that idea. Cause Eric from Arab Japan
3: yeah. went
4: to Japan. And they were doing that fucking thing over there. So anyway, enough of the wrestling talk. We're mm. boorish enough as it is.
3: Uh, fart noise.
4: Yeah. Fart noise. I watched Barrymore. I rented this and this was, um, Christopher Plummer had done a, um, a stage play about John Barrymore, the actor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I guess it was, you know, really critically acclaimed. It's been around for a long time. So they made a movie out of it and it's basically him doing the, the stage play on screen. Uh, It's really good. I mean, it's, it's entertaining as hell. And uh, it just, it just brings back. It's like, I watched another thing, which I'll talk about here in a little bit where John Lennon was saying, you know, he was at some club and, they were heckling uh, the Smothers Brothers who were up on stage and, and and they got thrown out and I guess they got in a fight with the bouncers and stuff. And he said, you know, when John Barrymore or uh, Errol Flynn would be doing something like that, people talk about how great it was. I do it and I'm a heel. And it's like, well, you know, it's funny to me when people – yes, it's fun to – it's almost like the anti-hero thing. It's fun to hear stories about like how Errol Flynn was in a bar or uh, or uh, Richard Harris or uh, somebody like that, and they're drunk and they're brawling and stuff like that. But. If you're there <laughs> fun to read it, but it's it is boorish behavior. Yeah. And if you're there and you were and you were the victim of their behavior, yeah. But I, I always like it when somebody's like a musician and they're like or or uh, like Artie Lang would be you know, he's a fucking heroin addict. He's on Howard Stern and he said, Well, you know, Belushi did this and Belushi did that and you know he hero worships Belushi and I'm like, You should hero worship the good stuff, but you should learn from the the, the self destructive, stupid stuff, you know. Yeah, but they, yeah. oh yeah, you know, if I'm gonna be a musician, I got to fucking drink like Jim Morrison, or if I'm gonna be an artist, I got to fucking be a, a heroin addict, or you know, or I can't get to those depths. Well, whatever. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> <laughs> okay, watched quiz show. Uh, this was a Robert Redford directed movie with uh, Rafe Fiennes and. Um, Oh jeez, why do I draw such blanks? Oh my god, um, shit. I am prepared. Yeah. Uh, John Turturro and lots of people. It was good. Uh, it, this was a fucking awesome movie. Paul Schofield is who I wanted to say because he is a fantastic actor. Um, this was really good. And somebody did point out that uh, Rob Morrow had a really bad. Uh, accent in this because I think he's he's trying he's trying to do like maybe like a a uh, new New Hampshire or accent or something and he's like New Hampshire and he talks like yeah shoot a whole <laughs> and so that's the only bad thing but I, it's it's a really interesting subject and a good movie so if you haven't seen it watch it. Okay. Uh, watched an oliver stone movie that i haven't seen in a long time and this this completed we spoke about trilogies uh with the uh, vengeance trilogies and this was his vietnam trilogy and it was uh heaven and earth uh this was the last movie in his trilogy which was uh, platoon and something else in heaven. <laughs> i can't remember. <laughs> can't remember what the other one was though i don't know if uh, but whatever doesn't matter um but this starred uh, Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Hang Noor and uh it it, it was um it was uh, the the girl the chick I shouldn't say chick uh Heap Tie Lee I guess I don't know how to say her name um but it's basically you know from from a from a female's perspective and she uh, she lived in a, uh grew up and lived in Vietnam and then you know all this stuff happens you know of course vietnam war and and everything and um uh, Tommy Lee Jones is really good in it it's a good movie it's almost like um while i was watching it uh stone you know cuz he was in vietnam he he really uh tried to almost do a malick kind of uh with with the with the uh with nature Right, right, and and the cinematography and everything, and that, it was really, it really was beautiful to to look at some of the stuff. Mary. uh I've heard pe- uh, the majority of the people that saw this that read the book say the book was so much better because they just condensed. It, it should this should have been two movies, and they condensed it all too much into one thing. But it's worth a watch. Uh, it's not a great movie, though. I don't think. Uh, uh, now, this movie I had never seen, and I. He, uh, because I'm a giant Burt Lancaster fan, um, I, for some reason, I guess it's because I would see the box art and I thought it was going to be some cheesy ass thing where, like, they take something that is uh, a big fad at the time, which uh, the movie, uh, like, a, a big thing of, of the movie is skydiving. And I've seen so many <laughs> cheap, kind of shitty versions of that, like where it'd be like roller boogie or, or you know, uh, some disco thing or you know, uh, uh, skateboarding or whatever. Right. And um, and but this was fucking really good. And what, I can't, what was the name of it? It's called The Gypsy Moths. Oh, Okay. Um, when I I saw it on iTunes and I thought, you know what, I've never seen this, and I like Burt Lancaster, maybe I'll give it a shot. And and the one thing that really sold it for me that I didn't know was is that uh, Gene Hackman is in it too. And I thought, goddamn, damn, Burt Lancaster and Gene Hackman together? And then Scott Wilson, who was in um, uh, the Walking Dead TV series. I, I saw him at the fucking last Horror Hound and all that shit and was in In Cold Blood and a ton of fucking movies. Johnny Handsome, a oh, shitload of movies. He's in it too. Sheree North is fucking always hot. Um uh, uh, she was in it, and she was she also was stripping in it. So you nice. got to see her, and and this was old school stripping, like from the late '60s, early '70s, where they had the big tassels on their tits. <laughs> and this one chick is up there, and Gene Hackman, Burt Lancaster, and Scott Wilson are in this strip joint, and this chick's up there, and she's fucking stripping, uh, and she has the like the 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 pasty things on her nipples with the the tassels, and man, she's got them fucking things spinning like crazy. <laughs> Um, but I will say this: After watching, um, this was you know an early Gene Hackman movie, and he has a f- pretty big part in it, and uh, he's f- very, very fucking good in it, and uh, um, equal to, if not, I don't know if I'd say better because it's hard to compare. But you know when he was in Bonnie and Clyde, I mean it's it's similar to that. He really shines, and you could see that you know he was going to be really good, Uh, and Deborah Carr is in this, and her and Lancaster have to be in their, I would say, maybe mid-50s, and they both get naked and fuck. (laughs) 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 Woo! Anyway, uh, Star Trek Into the Darkness, yes, I did go to the theater. Uh, I didn't, I forgot that there was going to be a midnight showing, so I didn't go to that, but uh, the next day, I managed to to, uh, stay up Go to the theater and watch Star Trek. Um, I liked it. Um, there are uh, yeah, uh, there. Uh, I, I somebody posted on Gentleman's Guide. They they went and saw it and they said the same thing. They liked it. Gave it a I don't know an eight or an eight point five or something like that. But then they said you know well there was this 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 and this and I agree with everything they said. But I still really fucking enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, uh, Alice Eve is so goddamn honest to God she's one of these ones that's, th- one of these women that is so good looking <laughs> that when she was on the screen it's just like you're just like Jesus fucking Christ I mean my fucking God Jesus <laughs> right? and um, um, I saw you know Spock's hair moves a little bit you know because when Leonard Nimoy played Spock his hair never fucking moved never moved no Spock's hair moves a little bit uh oh Parts, which isn't bad
3: ruined plot hole
4: it's ruined. It was a pre-manufactured cult film i thought <laughs> um uh benedict cumberbatch is awesome there's a scene in it uh where somebody whips some serious fucking ass mm-hmm. and it was fucking awesome um and the rest of the, it's the, it's the gang from the other one. And they have some, some different creatures in the, or I shouldn't say creatures, but like, uh, aliens who work on the enterprise that are kind of cool that they added that are just, you know, there, you know, um, I liked it. I don't give a fuck. I'll go see it again and I'll buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, who is Harry Nielsen? Uh, this is a documentary on Netflix. I've had it in my queue forever. And I finally decided to watch it last night. And, um, It's one of those ones where you sit there and watch it and they start going, uh, uh, you know, playing all these different songs. Uh, He was a singer, songwriter, and he was very famous. He was like one of the Beatles' favorite. uh, They said, uh, my favorite group is Nielsen. And it was just him. So, (laughs) like, you know, it's like, I'm glad that I'm their favorite group. Uh, (laughs) A lot of songs. uh, uh, Had a really great voice. Um, You know, I can't live live and and just like some fucking classic songs but again like i was just saying a little while ago about uh you know uh drunk uh boorish behavior and and uh just sinking to the depths and people saying you know oh my god they look back in reverence to how he was but you know i'm sure that his family and kids and stuff would have liked to have they would have given up all those stories that people tell just to have him around, you know. Uh, so he he died fairly fairly young from, uh, you know, just smoking and drinking like a fish or a train or a fish on a train. <laughs> but it it's a very good documentary. Cool. Uh, uh, I watched uh, Thirty for Thirty: The Legend of Jimmy the Greek. Uh, also on. Uh, Netflix. Uh, another one, which I thought I think you would like this. I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's a Mm-mm. documentary, called copyright criminals.
1: Mm-mm.
4: It's a uh, music sampling, um, and um, What's I that don't know. Called? It's called copyright criminals.
3: No, I've not seen that.
4: And they talk to um, people on both sides of it. Uh, you know, you see it, you know, like all, all the mashups that they do on like YouTube and stuff like right, that. Right. And, uh, even uh, like um, Public Enemy, N.W.A. Um uh, you know just every pretty much every hip hop uh rap uh group uh when they first started out and it, and it was really big uh were sampling all this shit uh you know even uh, they have a, a guy who was um the drummer for james Brown for you know god probably thirty fucking years and they just sampled uh, i mean almost every fucking group samples his drumming. And, you know, he doesn't make a fucking penny off of that. And, and then they're like, well, we don't make any fucking money because, you know, they, if we, once the, like Led Zeppelin and all these groups are like, wait a minute, you're using my shit. And if you're going to use my shit, you're going to pay for it. And, and so then it just, it's, it, it, it does. My initial, my first reaction is, you know, uh, I never really got into hip hop at all. Yeah. And, or even, really I never really even tried, but, uh, uh, I just wasn't my thing. Because I was always a, a person who admired musicians, and and uh, and uh, you know when people would be sampling stuff, and you know basically like uh, you know uh, them taking under pressure or uh, Rick James, uh, you know or something like that, and and using the whole thing except you know rapping over the lyrics. I always thought I was like, man, that's fucking bullshit. But then when I watch this, I can see. A lot of their points where they're only taking very sometimes two or three seconds of something, you know, and, and but it's making it, can it get
3: into it a lot longer, yeah.
4: Really, it's really worth a watch. I, I really liked it. It's cool. on Netflix, uh, and you're into music, so mm-hmm.
3: uh,
4: and the last thing I watched was uh, on Netflix Instant uh, Immortals. Uh, this was uh, sort of a 300 kind of like movie, yeah. Uh, except I really, I really, uh, it's, I liked it. Mickey Rourke is a fucking. He plays uh King Hyperion in this and goddamn man he is fucking really good. It's weird because he, his accent kind of uh doesn't go along with um, the 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 period or whatever and I still <laughs> or something when I'm saying this cuz I guarantee if they if they if they watch this that he would fucking shit on this fucking movie but I liked it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, I actually got off and, uh, uh, when I was watching I've seen it before, and I started thinking, you know, I really like this movie, because this movie, it has to be fucking rated R. It's got... Okay, just one little thing. Um, this one dude decides that uh, he's going to go to King Hyperion and and say, you know, I want to be with you. I want you to be my king or whatever. And so he brings them into the fold. Well, apparently... He is such a uh, a scumbag, and such a uh, whatever. Um, everybody in his conquering army, it must be a rite of passage that uh, they smash your balls, so you can, and all you can do is serve him. <laughs> he fucks all the women of the people they conquer, so that his bloodline will taint everybody. This is Mickey Rourke. Right. So I mean, uh, t- seeing a guy. Uh, uh, half unconscious, <laughs> on the ground, and this big guy comes over and spreads his legs and takes it. One, of, you know, in like the the carnival where they'd have one of those things where you you'd hit the thing at the bottom and uh, <laughs> yeah, way up and it goes ting. This guy has this giant fucking mallet like Gallagher. <laughs> 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 the balls. I liked it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what?
3: Um, what? Okay, uh, I didn't watch much of anything at all. I've watched a ton of uh, of Doctor Who again this week. Um,
4: wait, wait a minute! Wait a minute! I got to well, turn the chemistry level up. Okay, sorry. Yeah, bubble we-
3: bubble bubble. Okay. The um, I, I, I went back. There, so on uh, on Daily Motion, there you can get you can find episode old episodes of Doctor Who. I'm 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 curious to see when I'm going to reach a wall and and finally get get some in a row like not in a row or whatever um basically what i did was go back and i watched the last serial that um that john and i don't, I don't know how to pronounce his name and his son is as an actor now sean uh pertwee is that how you say it
1: mm. pert yeah.
3: p-e-r-t-w-e-e uh, i've never known how to say the name but basically i watched the last storyline he was in which is like planet of spiders and it was pretty good and uh, um anybody that is familiar with the doctor who stories like you know whenever the, the whenever the doctor "Quote unquote" dies, he regenerates and has a new form or whatever. Um, so it's kind of the the carryover into um, probably the more rec- one of the more recognizable doctors in Tom Baker. So I started Tom Baker's run, and watched his first storyline about a robot and like. It's just, I, I, I'm really I'm really intrigued about how low budget this show actually was and how they got around it and stuff. It's really interesting, but it's uh you know there's some really cheap looking stuff that you laugh at when you compare it to things you see now. But they had to be really creative, which I appreciate. So
4: used to watch that on uh, PBS. PBS. PBS,
3: yeah. And I remember the Tom Baker intro. Um, Tom Baker started in, in about '74, so it had to have been reruns because he did. He he left the show I think early like '80 80, '81. Um, so he would have, uh, that would have been probably before I can remember watching it. So they must've just shown it in, in reruns, but
4: yeah, probably.
3: But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it always took forever for like the British television shows to get over here anyway, but That's
4: yeah, it's socialized TV. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Fucking, uh, fucking commies all over there. Um, but, uh, I, watched, I only watched a couple movies, uh, besides the ones for the show I watched. Um, well, after a, a hearty <laughs> Tom Hanks debate on the Gentleman's Guide group. Was uh,
4: that serious? Well, not, kind. Well, of, I,
3: there was. A, there's a this, uh, Will and a couple other guys. Well, Matt Suzaka really hates the guy apparently. But <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I I mean I don't know. I've always really liked uh, Tom Hanks, um, but I've never seen um, never I've, seen I, such I, hatred. I know. I know. Uh, I, I've seen. Um, I've seen pretty much all of his stuff, Philadelphia and Afterwards, I think, Um, but I I had never seen Joe versus the volcano, and I never seen I've never seen um, uh, the Burbs, Mm -hmm. Um, and those are I I guess they're not huge films, but so I watched Joe versus the volcano. It was okay. Um, It was a lot different than I expected. I thought it was going to be more like rom com, but it's really like it really has some bizarre stuff in it. Have you seen that one before?
4: Oh, I, I you guys talking about it? I'm like. It kind of makes me want to watch it, but it's, then
3: it's worth seeing. It's not. I mean, it's just really different. It's very quirky, if, but intentionally so. Um, he like the office he works in is like the parking lot's not paved. Uh, it's, it's it's and I know that's that doesn't sound like a big thing, but he works in a big like uh, company that makes pharmaceutical supplies or something. Uh, but the parking lot's not paved, and it has like a a barbed wire fence around it, and <laughs> and everybody kind of like like marches in in a single file line and um it's it's a very it's 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 very um uh hyperbole i guess like his apartment his apartment looks like half an apartment like he even has half of a fireplace like the wall just goes straight through the fireplace um uh, it's it's interesting uh, it wasn't my favorite it, it uh it's i don't know it was okay and then okay, I,
5: you're
4: not selling it to me. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not working.
3: It's worth seeing if you like Tom Hanks. He's pretty funny in it. Um, there's yeah. some there's some funny bits in it. For some I reason, feel
4: like it, now I shouldn't like Tom Hanks. Like it's <laughs> the thing not to like him.
3: He's now. so boring. Um, what a piece
4: of shit. <laughs>
3: um, but for some reason, Abe Vigoda plays like this Polynesian like chieftain.
4: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like Abe Vigoda.
3: It's really weird. He's he's very deadpan in it too. He's like he's wh-
4: way better than Tom <laughs> Hanks. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, and, uh, Can you
4: imagine Abe Vigoda? Like, <laughs> if he would have gotten all the roles that Tom Hanks got, like if he was the lead in Philadelphia, the guy with the AIDS. Or big. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Dan- Abe Vigoda dancing on the giant piano. Yeah. Um, the only other one I watched, we went to the theater today, and I watched uh, Iron Man 3. Oh. Um, now, this is not one I was pumped about seeing, mainly because I thought Iron Man 2 was a turd. Um, I, really, okay, I really liked Iron Man 1. And maybe I'd set my expectations high because of that. So Iron Man 2 was just like, pfft. I don't know if Favreau directed part one. I can't even remember. Yes. Okay. I don't know what happened with two, but it was just not a very good movie. I just, I had a lot of issues with it. And like, I, uh, Jane this morning was, she said, do you think we should try to remember what happened in two for this? And I was like, probably not. Cause there's been a lot of shit that's happened after Iron Man 2 with the Avengers and everything. Uh, so I went back and read the ending of Iron Man 2 and I was like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> this is, I completely repressed this movie. Um, and I'm curious, since Shane Black directed this one, I'm curious if uh, what the conversation was, if maybe Favreau pulled himself off or if somebody asked him, you know, maybe we should go a different way because he's still an executive producer on it and yeah. he still acts in it. And man, he is a lot fatter than he used to be. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's big. <laughs> uh, but this is a pretty good movie. I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, there's some funny stuff in it. Um, they have a love affair with Audis. <laughs> there's fucking every, every car you see in the damn movie is an Audi, I think. Um, but they're, you know, they're pretty nice fucking cars. So, uh, lots of, I mean, if you're, if you're one of the guys that digs all the different, the Iron Man lore, you'll probably dig like he, he There's so many different versions of the armor that show up in this fucking movie. It's pretty cool. Um, it, I don't. I'm. I'm not big. I'm not. Uh, I've never read Iron Man much, so I don't. I don't know about all the different iterations and all that stuff. The way they did, um, Mandarin was pretty cool. I, I don't want to spoil anything at all, so it's. It's not what Except I expected. Except that
4: Mandarin's in it.
3: Well, that's. In, that's. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's in the trailer. But yes, Mandarin is the villain. <laughs> so um, it's definitely Mandarin. Thanks a lot of bomba. I've never read. I've never read. Any Iron Man stories with Mandarin, but I know enough to know that the this character was done completely differently than uh than than the Mandarin would have been handled in the comics. Well, you so.
4: know what? Um, they they uh, I read it not that long ago, like you know, a couple of years ago, or whatever. Um, and they kind of revamped the character in the book. The Mandarin okay. character,
3: okay, maybe they, maybe it more, fits it more. It might be
4: closer, okay. the, you know, because you know whatever.
3: But it's it's worth seeing if you're an Iron Man fan, definitely. Um, it wasn't you know it wasn't fantastic, but I I definitely liked it more than the second one. So, which I said on the group today, I, the second one I might have liked, I might have even liked Thor better than this second.
4: Well, Iron I mean, Man. I'm a big you know, of course, everybody knows I'm a big comic book movie apologist, and mm-hmm. I like comic book movies. But I mean, this I'm like you, I was kind of like, eh, I don't really.
3: It's fun. I don't see it's when it's, it comes it's, out on DVD. It's fun. It's it's worth seeing definitely. There's some there's some stuff that you will laugh at. It's it was well done. So. And just over two hours long, of course. <laughs> um, and I and I finally went back to this theater to see it. And I just I know I'll finish with this. But the uh, I had been to the theater in a long time, and after since well mainly because I worked at one, I got to see free movies. Um, but this is another independent cinema here that actually shows first run movies. So um, I haven't been there in quite a while. Actually, the last movies that I saw there were Hangover and fucking Year One. <laughs> And um, <laughs> so I hadn't I hadn't been back for whatever reason. Um, I get mainly because I there's a movie theater very close to me. So if I for whatever reason I do go to see a major release, which I don't get out to those movies very often, but if I do, I just go to the one that's like two minutes away. But I'll probably start going back to this one. I mean, they sell beer and stuff. So if you ever wanted to uh, wanted a beer, that's cool. And um, it's Absolutely. just a I don't know if they. I mean, maybe I think they sell like local beers and stuff, but I'm not sure. I didn't look and see which what they actually had there. We sold we sold PBR at at our theater for two dollars a bottle. So shit.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, so yeah, that was all I watched all week. Besides lots of Who and playing this game, Real Racing Three on iPad. If you like racing games, check that shit out. It's free and man, it's addictive if you get into it. So, <laughs> um, so that was it. <laughs> yep, <Yeah>, burp sound <laughs> let's take a break long intro and come back and uh, let's do let's go let's go in chronological we'll do field of dreams first okay we'll be right back
2: All right, man, we really got to record a promo for this thing. Should we write a script for this? Nah, fuck it, man. We'll do it live. Hey, folks, this is El Goro. And this is the Cancer Man. And we are the hosts of Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the worm. That really doesn't explain what we do. Well, we watch two movies a week, we review them, we bullshit, and sometimes we say something funny. Yeah, but most of the time we just piss people off. Well, the American film-viewing public can't handle most of what we have to say. But if you think you can, you can find us on iTunes. If you do a search for Talk Without Rhythm, you can also find us on our website, T W O R Podcast dot blogspot baby deuces
3: film of the day, Field of Dreams, from 1989, directed by one Phil Alden Robinson, who I've just discovered not only directed and wrote this movie, he also wrote our new favorite movie, Rhinestone, so (laughs) we're turning it around very quickly. Yeah. Uh, Starring Kevin Costner, Amy Madigan returning to the show, and some other people. Ray Liotta is in it a little bit, a little bit, and uh, Zom's Zom's boy, but Lancaster, yes, Burt oh, Lancaster, James Earl Jones. So, Dom, what did you think of Field of Dreams? This is well, probably, I'm going to assume this is one you've seen like a like five thousand times.
4: Yeah, and you know what? It's weird. Okay, because if you would have asked me before watching this again. For the show, mm-hmm. uh, what I thought of Field of Dreams, I would say it's a classic. <laughs> uh, it is um, uh oh, a really good you know movie about baseball and you know how you know people feel about baseball, America's pastime. Mm-hmm. A good movie, you know, a touching movie about fathers and sons and shit like that. <laughs> I'm telling you what, dude, <laughs> this movie I watched it. For this show, and I had not seen it in years and years and years, and probably, I mean, I would say I've seen it, you know, uh, quite a few times when okay. you know when it came out and everything. It just did not fucking do it for me. <laughs> I thought it was so fucking sappy. I thought Costner's, at, at, well, him and Amy Madigan. Now I know that it's a fantastical thing that's happening, so yeah, maybe yeah. you know. It was like, oh, my God. (laughs) What was I thinking? Now, I will say this. Okay, because I haven't even started talking about the movie. But this is just so – it's so weird for me. that There are scenes in this movie, uh, and I think uh, it's a manipulation of emotion because they use the music very well Mm -hmm. uh, when something uh, mystical happens or there's a scene – with uh some uh two people and uh it's an emotional scene and it still got me there were there were a few times in this where something like that would happen and i was and and i would feel that emotion you know welling up and i'm like wow you know but leading up to it there was so much shit in it that was so (laughs) corny I mean, a lot of it takes place in a cornfield, and maybe that's – there was a lot of corn in this fucking movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have, over the years, become less and less a Kevin Costner fan. Okay. I don't think that he is a great actor, and how he got to – like, even – oh, what was the goddamn – Buffalo movie, dances with buffaloes <laughs> or whatever. Dances with wolves. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I I don't know. He must have sucked somebody's dick <laughs> and sucked it well because he has gotten a lot of uh, cred, street cred or whatever in the movie business. Now, maybe it's because he makes uh kind of, maybe this is kind of a throwback movie yeah. a la the... Um, what's the Jimmy Stewart movie that you like, the Christmas one?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah.
4: Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that that kind of movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kind of movies, so they're kind of throwback movies, like Dances with Wolves was sort of his idea for a throwback to an epic Western, the Wyatt Earp movie, which to me, I'm like, God, there's no comparison between that movie and fucking Tombstone.
3: Well, he's, but I think he's very... Um He's very, like, there's nothing outstanding about him. I think that's probably right. what caught on. Like he, Yeah,
4: he's he, kind of an everyman, all-American kind yeah,
3: of. Yeah, and, and he does, and he uses that to his advantage and does these all-American movies. I mean, fucking this, Boulder. I mean, he's been in, like, eight baseball movies.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And I was curious. I actually looked it up to see if, I was like, did he ever play baseball? Because, I mean, he was not a shitload of baseball movies. He, he He never did, although he does, like, own part of an independent league team and... A few other things, but I mean, he just must like baseball in general, but I don't think he ever actually yeah. played.
4: Well, I mean, uh, he, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, okay, let's, let's, okay, I've, I've already went over that, you know, that's the, that's <laughs> the thing. But um, the movie is, it is a a classic baseball movie. It's a, it's a classic piece of Americana, I guess, and has, bec- you know, become that over time, Um but the the concept of the movie is it's considered a quote unquote baseball movie, but there's more to it than that. Yeah, um,
3: it's uh, about more. It ends up being more about what what baseball kind of stands for in American culture oh, and a
4: and a, and a um, kind of a a. a, 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 a reminiscent thing of uh once you when you reach a certain age and you start looking back at at uh you know like the, the song regrets i've had a few you know <laughs> sort of like that where where if you if you i mean everybody has this in their life where they have things that if they look back and think if i would have took a step to the left instead of the right if i would have done this if i would have done that what i could have should have would have and th- it brings this mystical thing of um what if what if i did have a second chance well, and and there's the 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 uh idea of a second chance runs through this whole fucking movie yeah uh and it has a good cast i i i like amy madigan i think she's a good actress ray Liotta, uh, fucking uh George C. Scott, I almost said. <laughs> George C. Scott at uh, James Earl Jones. And, uh, you know, Black like, George if, C. Scott. Yeah, if George C. Scott would have fucking played Kevin Costner's part, <laughs> he would have fucking beat the shit out of what's his face, the brother in law. <laughs> but anyway, Ray Kinsella, um, he is, and, and, and I will say this, when I was watching this, I was like, oh my God, this is such. Uh. A pile of yuppie, uh, fucking horse. Uh, you know, sentimental yuppie horseshit. <laughs> because they make Ray Kinsella. He's a uh, you know. He went to Berkeley, and they show they 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 go to to you know everything to lengths to show that he is a liberal. He is uh, a yuppie, and you know it, he grew up in the '60s. Man, the '60s, yeah. And Amy Madigan,
6: yeah, the '60s, yeah. You know, we did this in the '60s, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: And uh, and they're <laughs> transplanted in the middle of corn-fed Midwest uh, for whatever reason, and decide they're going to start a farm. Uh, and of course, they have the farm and it's running and everything. Um, they go through those, you know, the issues. They don't explore them too much about, you know, American farmer or whatever. They seem to be okay, 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 and they have a little girl. But Ray, sort of, um, I, I, I think it would have been funny <laughs> if they would have um, the Michael Shannon movie, Take Shelter where he, he is you know well that movie i mean it's it, it's like okay is this guy schizophrenic or is he not schizophrenic <laughs> and and if they would have kind of went like they they did to an extent right at first yeah but then when they when other people are are sort of let in on that like they see the things too if 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 they would have went on with it throughout the whole movie that nobody sees any of this stuff except him right it probably would have been a different movie but it, but it's
3: it, it, it and it's a weird because the i think the tonally the movie's kind of back and forth because of that like going in baseball movies almost always have a sentimental like slant to them yeah um
4: but, except, uh, except Cobb with Tommy Lee Jones, right? right. He was I just need, a dickhead.
3: I need to see that. Um, <laughs> a but
4: a great fucking movie. But to
3: some people, or to some, and uh, well, not to some people, everybody in the movie is very a uh, matter like matter of fact. Like nobody hides the fact. Like he doesn't try to hide the fact that he hears voices. It just comes right out, and like nobody thinks it's weird when they start seeing ghosts just hanging out in his backyard or side yard or whatever. And like, and like I mean, Costner says like, that's so cool. When guys just disappear into his cornfield, like vanish. And yeah, it's I like, mean, uh, it's, it's, you got to kind of take it at face value because like they, people are basically hallucinating through the whole movie and nobody I questions it at all, except for uh, <laughs> Timothy. What's his name? Timothy Busfield. Busfield, yeah. <laughs> he was but, such a douche I, I did like him as Poindexter in of the Nerds though
4: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that he was Poindexter <laughs> um, but Ray um, obviously you know we've been talking about this you know we're we're kind of jumping all over the place and, and already into it but he is walking through the fucking field or whatever and he he hears the classic line if you build it uh, he will come yeah and he's like what the fuck you know so um, the the voice tells him, "Hey, motherfucker, yeah, go out there and plow that goddamn corn down and build a fucking baseball <laughs> field." So he does that, which you know, I think I would like to. I actually sitting here thinking about it. I think I would like to read the book because I know they changed up a lot of shit, really? not a lot of shit, but just certain things and everything. Uh, but it is a, it is kind of a cool concept, and um, it's it,
3: it the pacing of it's weird too because. I think I I don't know if I I probably said it on the show a couple weeks ago. The, when I saw it then, this is the that was the first time I had ever seen this movie. And the pacing of the movie surprised me. I don't know if it's a bad thing or not, but I I always figured a a movie that I what I assumed was about uh, a guy building a baseball field in a cornfield in Iowa would be Iowa would be a little slower paced. But it's like I mean, in the first 15 minutes he has the, the field done and ghosts are appearing on it. And it's like, that's, I was like, what the hell is going to happen in the rest of this movie? You know? Um, well,
4: and then you, you also, um, you have a lot of, uh, you know, not a lot. I, I, well, I guess, you know, if you've, if you've seen eight men out, uh, about the Black mm-hmm. Sox scandal, yeah. you have, uh, cause, um, Ray Liotta appears and he is, uh, Costner's dad's favorite baseball player was Shoeless Joe Jackson. And Shoeless Joe Jackson was a member of the of the Chicago White Sox team that was in the world that threw the World Series and they became known as the Black Sox. They got banned from baseball forever. They're still banned from baseball. And um if you don't know that much about baseball or whatever, like the history of baseball. I mean, Ray Liotta is good in his role, but if you know about baseball and and this didn't throw me off, it wasn't like, you know, uh, uh, Prometheus were like, Oh, they wouldn't have done this and they wouldn't have done that. (laughs) I, I just went along with it for, but you know, when I think about it, like I think shoeless Joe Jackson was supposed to be from the South. Ray Liotta.
3: Definitely. He was definitely Southern.
4: Yeah. looks or sounds like he's from the South. Ray Liotta batted from like the, uh, Right hand side of the plate, where shoeless Joe Jackson was left hand, or whatever you know, b- batter. Work. So there's little things you know, like it's that. It's weird. But,
3: Cusack uh, played him in eight men out, and he didn't. He didn't play him Southern either.
4: No, uh, DB Sweeney played him. Oh, what, wait, wait, wait who was Weaver. Cusack. Buck Weaver.
3: Oh, okay, okay. Buck Weaver was supposed to be in this one too. Well. I saw somewhere hey. Babe Ruth is one of the characters. And I was like, I was looking for a Yankees uniform. I didn't see anybody.
4: Well, I think what w- at first um, Ray Liotta shows up and he's like, Hey, motherfucker, I'm here at a baseball field. What's going on? This is weird. I don't even <laughs> know where I'm at. And uh, so then um, Costner talks to him, blah, 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 blah. And he's, you know, like, what the fuck? But I mean, you know, he's, he's kind of like, okay, going along with it because it's, you know. He, it doesn't doesn't seem like he there's that long where he's like goddamn am I nuts you know I'm gonna go blow my brains yeah. out because I think I'm going crazy or something <laughs> so anyway um, the the rest of the black Sox show up and then later on because you know they only have a certain amount of guys like eight men out they have eight guys there and they want to play a game so they they bring other players so when you say Babe Ruth and some of these other ones they probably were those guys who were there but. They didn't go into it or show. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. With the exception of uh, Leo de saying Ty Cobb wanted to come, but we told him to go fuck himself. An <laughs> you know? So that was kind of cool. Um, but then uh, um, you have um, Costner. Here's the voices again, like you know, getting your shitty, getting your shitty van and drive across the country. So you kind of have a road trip kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and I had almost forgot about. Uh, Bert Lancaster's part. But um I remembered him going to see and and they said and I guess in the book it was um uh, they used an actual sorry. Uh they used an actual uh real uh author from the 60s and it was J D Salinger but for this movie they changed it and they created this character uh, Terence Mann mm-hmm. who was a you know a, a great uh Pulitzer prize winning novelist from the 60s and and um, so Costner knows, OK, I'm supposed to go find this fucker. And, you know, he's it's, it's like he's putting the pieces of a puzzle together and, and he's told, you know, you need to go find this. Go here, go there. And he's he's not really sure why. Like I said, they have the one scene where Amy Madigan has to, you know, uh, be like, you know,
6: you fascist, you're burning books and blah,
4: blah, blah. Ugh, blah
3: God, That like scene that. was annoying.
4: It was very annoying, and I'm a fucking liberal commie, and you know, I still found it annoying. I was like, "God damn it, shut up, sit down, <laughs> okay, whatever." Anyway, and Costner's like, ah. "So anyway, he gets in <laughs> his little VW bus, you know, bug uh uh van. Of course, you know, since he's a hippie from the '60s, he can't just have a car; he has to have a a, a hippie car, yuppie hippie car." So anyway, he goes and um goes across country, and I thought James Earl Jones was really good in this role because i i was like you know i i i believed in the character and uh especially when costner starts bugging him and and he kind of decides he's gonna beat his ass and james earl jones is a really fucking big ass guy anyway he
3: uses the he uses the uh the model rick martell like like spray can things like go back to the
4: yeah.
1: 60s <laughs>
4: go back go back so anyway um the they they continue on you know and and um I did like the scene where they go to the baseball uh, game, mm-hmm. and they're sitting there, and um, uh, James Earl Jones is—you know—they're watching the game, and Costner's kind of trying to. He he knows he doesn't want to actually come out and say why he's doing this shit because he knows that a, a rational person is going to be like, "Get the fuck out of here." So he just he's like, "I know that we're supposed to be here for some reason I don't know why blah blah blah, and I liked how they um how James Earl Jones kind of sits there and talks to him, but just kind of plays along but then there there's when when Costner goes to to drop him off at his house there's kind of a i wouldn't say a, re- a reveal, but you know you, you you find out something that James Earl Jones knows something that you didn't think he knew mm." Mm-hmm. And so then, of course, then they it, it, like I said, it's like pieces of the puzzle. They're they're told, hey, you know, go here, hey, fucker, get in that van, go here. <laughs> so they go somewhere else, and um, they're kind of told to to go find uh, this guy, this doctor guy. And this was this had to have been. I know Rocket Rocket Gibraltar was uh, Burt Lancaster's last movie. This had to be close to that because he's pretty old in this. Yeah, Uh not look uh, like him. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. It's weird because uh well he it was uh nineteen eighty nine this one was made.
3: Yeah, he was in a few and, things. The jeweler shop.
4: Yeah, but just like T V stuff or whatever. whatever. But um he um well he died in ninety four, but that's the thing. You you see Bert Lancaster and all these movies like the professionals or or uh you know whatever uh from here to eternity stuff when he was young and he he had the eyes and the big teeth and the smile and he and he i'm Bird lancaster now you know he got fucking pussy like crazy because he was built like a brick shit house he was a, a fucking great athlete and everything and then you see him here and he's you know very old uh but still he had the the charisma he still had the smile and the panache and everything yeah. and uh they, um, they, they find him, and this real it really gets um, kind of like a metaphysical, not kind of like it is. Yeah. Uh, where Costner runs into him, and at the, at this point, it's kind of like you know, Costner's like, okay, he knows he's dealing with something otherworldly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and at first, you know, in the cornfield, when he first hears, "If you build it, he will come." uh you know he's kind of like huh. but now he's like okay something's fucked up something's up here now us being atheist or agnostic or whatever <laughs> we probably wouldn't have got to enjoy any of the stuff because we would have like you would have just went and like fired up and <laughs> did something and i'd be like <laughs> just ignore him fuck, man? what the fuck oh, is man, this i must be going nuts i'd go to a psychiatrist or something um but um the character I, I did like, you know, Lancaster. Like you said, it's almost putting him in there—an uh, old, uh, uh, older. I'm sorry, more mature, uh, legendary actor. It adds to the nostalgia. Yeah, and it's in itself his casting. I mean, if they would have had John Wayne or fucking Henry Fonda or something like that, you know, it would have been the same way. So I think that was, a, you know, it was a purposeful thing to put him in there. And um, apparently, the the actual character that um, he well, he doesn't play, but somebody else plays who's playing a younger version of his character. Was a real life character too, and that was a real story that he got brought up to the major leagues, played in one game, and never played again. Or he never Uh, got the
3: bat, right? That was his whole thing. Like He played in an inning, but it was only only defensively.
4: Yeah, in the field. So anyway, um, there were like I said, I mean, even though, and and I think that maybe it, it's like a, we've I've said before about other movies where um, if you are in a certain mood, yeah, things might not work for you as if you were in you know a, a feel a different mindset, and so maybe that's why the sap wasn't getting to me or <laughs> this exactly bothering me. But then, like I said, when you had the the uh, reveal with James Earl Jones standing in front of the van uh the reveal with uh, it, uh the young Burt Lancaster character getting into the van uh the thing with uh you know all those different little things where like the, the, you're building up with the sap 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 and then something happens it did it stirs emotions in you it, it's yeah. like you know, it was really cuz if you if you're empathizing with with Costner's character it's a, you, it's you a know,
3: daddy issues kind of movie
4: it is, <laughs> and uh, definitely, and uh, you you hear Costner uh, or Ray Kinsella's character talking about you know this was my dad's favorite baseball player. This was my dad. My dad loved baseball. You know, my dad did this, and 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 you know, um, it's it's like the Harry Chapin uh, song. You know, uh, uh, the Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. That's the that that, that I'm surprised they didn't use that song in this movie. because <laughs> Same thing where. When you're a kid and you look up to your dad and you're like, you know, he's the he's a fucking giant. He's the toughest man alive. He's the greatest thing. Da da da. And then the 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 fucking layers start peeling off as you start getting older and you start seeing things and then you drift away and they're they're wanting to you know uh, keep something there or something happens where there's a, a rift or something like that mm-hmm. and then the the uh, how how you know life is short and time flies by and you know you take for granted your parents are going to be there so a little thing where you're like you know fucking that pissed me off so i'm not going to speak to and then because time is short and life is short um you don't have there 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 comes a time where you won't have those second chances (laughs) (laughs) you dad But you have that through the whole through the movie and and but it's kind of just like a little thing where Costner will say this or that and and you think it's more or less leading to just uh him for some reason um helping shoeless Joe and the black sox and and this net and, and but then the inevitable thing uh, like you said about uh second chances and and uh and family and you know fathers and sons and and i think uh you know the the, the baseball is almost just like a it's used sort of like a metaphor for um
3: just it's just like
4: compa- like american
3: that, american heritage companionship and just and the
4: male. You know, th- thing too. I mean, sorry, Emily, but I mean, I know you're a huge baseball fan too. But, uh, but in this movie, you know, it's more or less, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 a guy, father, son, America, America's pastime, and it's a connection. Yeah. That well, at, at here's, I, I, wrote
3: da- I wrote down James Earl Jones pretty well. It, I, I've seen this quote appear elsewhere, but when he talks about baseball, he said the one, the one constant through all the years has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It has been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again, but baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, it's a part of our past. It reminds us all that uh, all, reminds all of us that once was good or oh, sorry, I read that line wrong. It reminds of us What the fuck? It reminds of us <laughs> <laughs> This is written weird. It, it reminds of us of all Okay, it reminds us of all that was once was good, well, what once was good and could be again. That, that quote was written totally wrong. That extra oven there totally threw me off. But yes, yeah, it's, it's it's just about like it being the the common ground. You know, when even with people you don't have anything in common with, you can sit around and and shoot the shit and eat a hot dog and watch a baseball game. And that I mean that even happens in this movie.
4: Well. And that's the thing where I mean for baseball fans, you know, something like that, that quote, you know, it's like, yeah, man, you know, uh, but if you think about it, uh <laughs> people that aren't baseball fans or that aren't, you know, sports fans, they're probably like, what the fuck, you know? But I mean, I you know, it's not, I don't know. It's it's just weird because I, you could you could um when you talk about like sentimentality and, and and sap and stuff like that, you know, uh, when when things were were great and grand, da, 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 it's like you're looking back and, and um, things back then weren't great. Things back then weren't grand. And, you know, yeah, the game was there, but was the game great? Well, I guess the game, because if you went to, like if you were, say, an African-American, you know, and you were not allowed to play, but that what that was just that part of the game. They had their own league, so they were enjoying the game. I can see what they're saying, yeah. But I think it's an over sentiment, sentiment sentimentality. You know, I, 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 it just I, I don't know. Maybe it's me being cynical.
3: Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it probably is a little bit. I mean, and baseball's always going to bring in the, out the sap in me. That's just it's it is. The thing that I've been like into the longest in my life, like the things I was into when I was ten years old, I'm probably not into now, but baseball's still there. It's like when I first started watching sports, it was baseball and when that, and it's that's always been my thing um and
4: wait a minute, you're telling me that you like baseball more than MMA. <laughs>
3: it's a, it's a toss up, but I've been into baseball longer <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, you know it's. Just the, the simple thing. What was it? The having a catch. <laughs> what was it D- Davy Max said? Did I want to know what having a catch is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I had a catch a few times, and uh, it's a it's a fond memory, even if it would even if it leads to something bitter later. But um. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I, like I said, I think this one just it, it's you know, it, how, I mean, do you? Th- it's obvious, just manipulation of of your emotions. I mean, it's it's so fucking obvious. You know, it is,
3: like, it uh, is. And I, but I was okay. I'm okay with that. In this case, it was, I don't it know didn't. why.
4: I just, I just. Why, maybe it's just because I have become more cynical or something, <laughs> and I don't see things that that you know simplistic or whatever. I don't know. I just uh, it, it almost irritated me in, at points. Uh, Bec- but not as much that. I just think that, like I said, I I really just, I mean, I was like, God damn. Like I said, now, me being a lefty and a liberal, progressive, and you know I'm fucking big time, you know, fucking into politics and stuff like that. yeah. yeah. But these people just fucking irritated me. It was like, <laughs> oh my God, I can see where people are just like, yuppie fucking douche, shut the fuck, okay, beat me over the head with this. I mean, I don't I, know.
3: I guess that, I guess that part, that, that scene is just to introduce Terrence Mann, but some of the stuff, like, I think for this movie, I liked the elements of it more than the, what they added up to. Um, you know, like I really liked the Burt Lancaster story, but it was, then I was curious, like, why, why him? Like of all the failed baseball players that probably went on, went on to do some great things. Like why this one guy, like, why not? discuss anybody else and like how come the well, other that's just,
4: it's the second chance then well then he, how come, he how, got he got that chance but he never got to say well you know he's gonna get a second chance whatever
3: but but then you have like but uh, then it makes that makes sense with the eight black socks but what about what about the other dudes that just randomly appeared like i mean how where you know why were they there or
4: oh and how about this this movie is so white it's unbelievable how about this uh second chances how about if they would have had uh, you know, some of the, uh you know, African-American players from the Negro oh, that never ch- got it.
3: Ch- yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. How about that? You yeah. know, Josh Gibson or somebody like, you know, yeah.
3: See, I mean, I, like none of that stuff is discussed at all. Maybe that's, maybe that kind of stuff's in the book. Maybe, maybe it goes over that more. I don't know. It didn't seem like they would gloss over that though, if it was in the book, but who knows? Um And then, like I said earlier, the pacing felt off in it for some reason, like it, I thought it would be a slower story. I thought I was going to watch a movie about this guy building this field and then something magical happens. And like maybe, and like you were saying, maybe he was going to be the only one hearing this voice and everybody's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're crazy and blah, blah, blah. And then finally, after all this stuff and this drama, he finally gets this field built and then something dramatic happens. But it's like, it's like, I'm going to build a field and then the scene changes. All right, the field's done. Let's watch it for a little while. And then I'm going to go drive to Boston. Um,
4: and the, and Amy Madigan's like, you know, Ray, what are you doing? And then the next thing you know, she's like, Oh, I see him now too. Okay, you're you're cool now.
3: <laughs> it was just, it was kind of weird, but like I said, little parts of this movie I really liked a lot more than more than the whole of it. Um, I thought it was a funny line when he said his dad was a Yankees fan. So of course I rooted for Brooklyn. <laughs> 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 um And the oh, the other the another funny line at the beginning when he's when Karen, Karen was born, she smelled weird, but we loved her anyway. That sounds like something I would actually say, but the, um, Kevin Costner, you know, you were saying about, he's not a great actor. He's got a weird voice too.
4: Yes. He's got like a
3: nasally voice kind of, it doesn't 80. really like, I always thought he would have yeah. a deeper voice when looking at his face, but it, well, it seems like it's it, like
4: it, in the movie, Wyatt Earp. I always say this to my friend Randy, cause he, he, he liked, and that, the movie wasn't horrible, but, um. Like, like you got Kurt Russell playing Wyatt Earp in the one movie mm-hmm. and then you got fucking Kevin Costner rides into town and he shoots this shotgun and he goes I'm Wyatt Earp and he's got this voice put your guns down I'm Wyatt Earp and I'm like <laughs> oh my god you're fucking horrible <laughs> oh another interesting <laughs> dude, dude, he tidbit must about give this- a like I said he must give a fucking slobbery blowjob job. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, I mean. Uh, wait, you got to do it with the with the hand over your
4: nose. <laughs> well, I don't want to. Cause, I mean, I just don't want to offend anybody. It's
3: oh, just, right, right. Because we're crude and having to lift.
4: It. We're trying to trying to polish it up a little
3: bit. Yeah, so. we are. And uh, another, another interesting tidbit: the guy. Um, I was listening to a Red Sox game a couple weeks ago, and um, the one of the announcers uh, calling the game was saying. I, th- I think they were talking about baseball movies, but he was saying that James Earl Jones, like, is not a baseball fan at all. Mm-hmm. Like, he really doesn't like baseball <laughs> at all. So after I, then, I watched this and like, oh shit! That, well, you know, okay.
4: that's t- talk about total opposites of the spectrum. You have James Earl Jones's voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, <Kevin Costner>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
3: but yeah, I mean, the stuff with the t- Timothy Busfield was pretty dumb, and I wish he was more like Poindexter. <laughs> Um and oh and the last thing I'll mention the when they when he makes the joke about uh, even Wrigley Field has lights now do you remember when that happened? I I remember it, it was in 1988. I remember when Wrigley Field got lights.
4: Yeah, and yeah, they, they, they finally the last made ones them. They? They
3: were they were the last ones because Major League Baseball told them you're not allowed to have any postseason games if you don't have some put some lights up. So they they held out until '88 and finally put lights in Wrigley. But could you imagine? 162 games in a season. Every single one of them played at like two in the afternoon. Yeah.
4: I would think that would hurt attendance.
3: Uh, Well, yeah, because you got to miss work. I mean, you got to miss work to go see a game. So I guess in a big city, it's a little easier um, just because there'd be a lot of people that would have days off and rotating or whatever. But anyway, let's get into our scores of this.
4: uh, Field of Dreams. If you build it, he will come. All over your face. <laughs> um, I give this uh, a six. Six, and uh, I'm telling you what, if if I would have rated this uh, twenty fucking years ago or whatever, it probably would have been like an eight or something like that, eight point five. I just really found the sappiness over overwhelming i
3: i i i'm i'm okay with sappiness sometimes and i guess i have been the last few weeks i've been watching going on a nostalgia trip and
4: you're an emotional guy
3: and i watched uh, you know and sensitive this, this year i went back and watched or maybe it was late last year i went back and watched the um the baseball uh the ken burns baseball yeah and that thing's just oozing sentimentality and i loved every minute of it but um but yeah, I mean, for me, the, to go back to the quote that I slaughtered, baseball is a constant, and it's—I think it always will be. So, uh, this movie, like I said, it had its problems with the tone and the pacing, and but I still liked enough of it. I, I think it's a solid movie. I give it a seven out of ten. It—it um, it has to be the the of all the baseball movies I've seen. There has to be as, like less baseball in this than anyone I've ever seen, like actual yeah. baseball playing. It was weird how little there actually was. So, um, But I guess that's kind of cool. So. Anyway, a 7 and a 6, solid, I guess, and not great, uh, but maybe great for a baseball movie because <laughs> <laughs> there's some turds. Um, well, there's a lot of good ones, though, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah there is. Cool. Uh, let's take a break and come back and do a league of their own, more classic baseball. We'll be right back.
2: GGTMC live for you fresh Yeah Big Willie and the samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around, giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit GGTMC.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema bringing class to the trash since 1977.
3: It on for you there. All right, next movie, *A League of Their Own* (1992). Tom, would you like to introduce it? Yeah.
4: I guess I would like to introduce it.
3: Okay, please introduce <laughs> it.
4: <laughs> Two sisters join first. <laughs> <laughs> Two sisters join the first female professional baseball league and struggle to help it succeed amidst their own growing rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh.
3: So this is directed by Penny Marshall um Shlemel spe- Speaking of the the Tom Hanks <laughs> the great Tom Hanks debate uh starring Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, I guess starring Madonna a little bit. Um
4: she got a she, they tried to they pushed her. They did. Mm, they pushed
3: her. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but uh yeah. So and uh, and John Lovett, who so I thought was quite funny in it.
4: <laughs> he He's some, always funny.
3: He had some of the best. Oysters and turkey.
4: If Kevin Costner had his voice, he'd be a star. <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket.
3: So uh, Penny Marshall, you probably know her as <laughs> Laverne. And uh, she also directed Big. So I guess Tom Hanks stuck around and a couple years later decided to make another movie with the old lady, old Laverne. And Gina Davis is fucking tall, man. I don't know if six she's tw- tall in real life, but she's a fucking like shoulders above everybody else.
4: She's six feet tall. I looked really,
3: at man. Yes. She stood next to Madonna at one point in this. Madonna must be like five because <laughs> they look like they look like a kid next to her mom. <laughs> it was pretty funny.
4: Well, okay, this is, uh, Gina Davis, hot or not?
3: I was getting ready to ask the same thing. Uh, at one time, hot.
4: Yeah, I'll tell you what. When she was in that. Um, Movie with uh, Samuel Jackson, where she was the spy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when yeah. she when she got down and dirty, man she she could be fucking. Uh, she, she long legged.
3: She, she was cute in this
4: movie.
3: Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's kind of
4: got movie. all that all American. You know.
3: So so this movie is about the formation of the the first uh, female professional baseball league, which I, I, I'm, there were there were a few of them. I mean, not a ton, but I think they were. They're always pretty small, um, but what they were done—they were formed in um, kind of, whew, I guess, to kind of keep baseball alive. More than likely, just by uh, greedy owners that all, where all their players had gone to fight in World War II, so they needed to still make money off baseball somehow. So, mm-hmm. um, but what was really interesting about this is—and this is another—this is another one I should that I should I should say that I'd ne- never seen before. So. Two I guess considered classic baseball movies that i 'd somehow missed one way or another, but it 's real funny the way they show the differences in a mens and women 's baseball league and the way just the the time period it 's set in and how the women were actually treated it's it's It, it leads to some funny moments throughout this so um, the It took me until the end of the movie to realize it, but the 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 movie the way it 's laid out is kind of a i guess it 's kind of flashback. Um, and you have a, a, a mom who is late for something. She's, uh, coming to a reunion, which you do learn pretty early on that it's a, it's a, a meeting of all of the women that played in this league, or at least maybe the ones that are still around 40 years after the, or 40 years or so after the fact, I guess this takes place late eighties and, um <laughs> what, no. what are you laughing at? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> should i pause it the um but the i didn't even recognize uh gina davis in the makeup at the beginning i thought it was pretty good like old lady makeup i didn't even realize it was her at first
4: I, I It wasn't woman her was it i, think I it they, was no they got an old woman that looked like her are you sure yeah
3: because uh, look up Dottie dotty henson there's only one person that plays Dottie henson in the movie
4: I thought that they had uh, somebody just... Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong, but I, I thought that they but just it got, found... Well, like
3: at the end, it looked well. more like her when it was up close. So I don't know. But it, it, if it was makeup, it was very good. Um, and uh, she's uh, she's very hesitant about going. And yes,
4: Lynn Cartwright, older dotty. Really? Oh. Yes.
3: Oh, man, she really did look like her.
4: Are you crazy or what? <laughs>
3: Turkey. <Yeah>. Um
4: always do this and shit.
3: <laughs> the, He's the
4: star of this movie. In my opinion.
3: It's be, uh, I guess maybe I think Jeff Goldblum is hot too because sometimes Gina Davis makes me think of Jeff Goldblum.
4: They dated.
3: Did they? They kind of seem like they could be brother and sister. They
4: dated in the, when they were making The Fly. I
3: don't know, man. <laughs> That's too That's similar.
4: Two gangly people just fucking <laughs> licking all yeah. over each other.
3: So have you, have you ever been to Cooperstown? No. I haven't either. I I, I, I really I, I really want to go, and it's just I'm afraid that it's going to be one of those things. I'm going to go and be like, okay, this is kind of boring. I just wasted my time.
4: Well, I went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and it was kind of like you know,
3: it's bad. like it's cool saying I went, but maybe not so cool being there.
4: I think it, it, it like if like with the. Football Hall of Fame, if you went when they had the Hall of Fame game and they had like all the guys there that are getting inducted mm-hmm. and this and that, it would probably be, but you know, you're just, it, it's in a museum. I mean, you're, you know, you, it is what you, you can go and have a good time and walk around and look and stuff, but it's not like gonna.
3: Maybe I need to you know. find something else to do while I'm there. Don't just re- make the trip about the museum. So,
4: yeah, well, like if you, if you um, got baked. <laughs> and, <then> when, <laughs> and tried to play Is that baseball? the common, is that the vernacular I'm looking for? Uh, maybe. You might have a better time. I don't know.
3: Uh, maybe. Um, the, the, uh, <laughs> so, you get John Lovitz coming in. Now, uh, Gina Davis and her sister, kid sister, play for a local team. Um, they live and work on a dairy farm. And Gina Davis's husband played b- un- very unspectacularly by <laughs> Bill Pullman. Um mm-hmm. Eh, he.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a little boring.
3: Yeah, he was, um, but they. Uh, he's been. Uh, he's fighting in Italy or somewhere. I forgot they say where exactly, but uh, he's in Europe, uh, and um, but she's noticed by a scout for the women's league, playing for this, uh, playing for this local uh, women's league. They're they're just getting ready to put it together, and they basically they're going all around the country and they're finding, they will they get leads on girls that can hit or pitch or whatever um but what's funny you you know that's when you get um lovitz in of lovitz is the and he's not in the movie for long um but he kind of he scouts uh dottie and her, what was dottie's sister's name Kit Dott, yeah Dott, i kept i kept thinking they were calling her kid um she's played by lori petty and then um and he he makes one more one more stop by um because he hears about this one girl that can hit like crazy uh named marla hooch (laughs) (laughs) Marla, and uh, through my notes i called her this because i love the line (laughs) he calls her he he says she looks like omar bradley (laughs) general omar bradley i didn't know who that was but i looked it up i posted a picture and it's funny she does kind of look like it but she's played by megan kavanaugh
4: not the, the the uh the the female cop in kindergarten cop that was schwarzenegger's partner
3: is that who that was
4: I w- I, th- I I I think so, maybe.
3: Kindergarten, A League of Their Own. Oh, she was in the League of Our Own TV series too. That's too bad. Um, Marla, Hoosier. she was in Junior. <laughs> uh,
4: ah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, okay. I, that's. I'm t- I'm thinking of a different person. Okay. she was a Junior.
3: Yeah. Um, but she could hit like shit. But. Uh, uh, Lo- <laughs> Lovitz, Lovitz is about to turn her down because she looks like General Omar Radley, which I thought Ugh. was really funny. And she does look scary, but I, it, 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 I, I did like the dad part when he says, "Don't make my little girl suffer because I messed up raising her." That was a, that was a nice line. So yeah,
4: that one kind of touched my heart. Yeah, though.
3: yeah. But that was pretty fucked up that he was going to leave her there. So he's he he recruits Dottie and Kit, and uh, he works for a guy that sells some kind of shitty candy apparently called Harvey bars. Cause I think Gina Davis says we feed them to the cows when they're constipated. <laughs> uh, but, um, his job is just to find them and bring them to, and I don't know if they ever say where they bring them to, but if they actually say the field, but they were on Wrigley field, um, uh. doing their training. I don't know if they actually said that in the movie cause he introduces it, but I, I, I couldn't recall if he said Wrigley field or not, but that's where they were doing their, their tryouts. And, uh, it was kind of cool seeing that because, you know, I mean, at some point, I guess every baseball or sports league has to start some way and just having a whole group of people just all trying out at once and they're making four teams out of 100 people. Well, it ends up being about of, of 64 people because they have to cut some. But um, when they were driving off on the train and fucking they're showing... <laughs> I just wrote Omar Bradley again. Marla Hooch through the window and the fucking American flag reflecting on the side of the train. That was... I kind of rolled my eyes on that one, too. So. Um, Lovitz has a, some, a couple more good lines before they're kind of left to do the baseball part of the movie, but he says, hey, cowgirl, see the grass? Don't eat it. And, uh, <laughs> and he says, I'm going home, grabbing a shower, a shave, and giving the wife a little tickle, a pickle tickle. <laughs> giving the wife a little pickle tickle. Uh, and I, I wonder if, I kind of wonder if Lovitz would actually like to give a woman a pickle tickle in real life. Questionable. Um, so the the when they start doing the um, this is what I, what I I really dug apart about this movie. Uh, we're creating the league. They introduce the uniforms to the women, and they're wearing skirts. Like so, all the women are there from their local leagues, and they're all wearing traditional-looking baseball uniforms with the you know kind of baggy mid-century baseball baggy pants and uh, jerseys and stuff. And then they show the uniforms that they will be wearing and their tiny little skirts and uh button across little, uh, Jersey things that so they look like a nice, like a, almost like a, 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 a stay at home mom, a housewife dress with a short skirt on it. Um, they complain, you know, how are you supposed to slide in that? It's pretty funny, but the, uh, but every girl in this league is going to be a lady is kind of the thing. And they, they, they have them take, uh, etiquette classes and, uh, Fucking! I don't know how many I like to eat jokes they have to make with Rosie O'Donnell. But (laughs) uh, what position did Rosie O'Donnell play? Was she third base?
4: Um, I don't know. I think her the only position. Well, I was going to make a crude comment.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You and you and your women. She was
4: fucking obnoxious, man. Yeah, yeah, Christ.
3: Yeah, Yeah. she was. Um. So
4: Uh, she was, uh, I, uh, she was, she,
3: uh. (laughs) I mean, there's the whole, I I remember this from the trailer. They do the bit with her, like catching the ball in the, in at the stands. And she comes back up with a hot dog in her mouth. Like she like stole it from somebody in the audience, that kind of shit. And she's eating a bunch at the, at the etiquette table when she's teaching him how to eat soup. And she just like crunching on crackers and shit. And I was like, okay, enough with the fat jokes. Um, and speaking of fat tom hanks gained 30 pounds for this role so
4: oh, he must have been fucking skinny as shit because yeah. he didn't look like he just looked average
3: yeah yeah i mean he did get bigger for other things that i saw him in later i mean he was definitely bigger than this by you know saving private ryan uh time um at the beginning of fucking uh uh Castaway, he was really big um but he lost a lot of fucking weight for that movie too but uh, so he he I read is loosely based on Jimmy Fox, um, basically just a a player who he uh, he plays a player named and I've just blanked on his name too. Uh, Jimmy Dugan. Uh, Jimmy Dugan was a a superstar at one time, but he kind of had a drinking problem. Um, his old owner from whatever team he played for still wants to help him out but he can't really he's not going to be a good baseball player anymore so he gives him a job and Jimmy Fox um had the same thing he ended up coaching in women's leagues but um he wants to help him out give him a job so he he tells him he's going to be coaching this women's league well i love the scene when he's introduced um but he <laughs> when he comes in he just uh, all the women are getting ready for their you know first i don't know if it was practice or game i can't remember but he comes staggering in just his uniform all fucking messed up And he takes it, he pisses in this bathroom they have. It's not, it's just an open just toilet. And he pisses for like fucking 10 minutes. It's like.
4: And they have to shove down your throat (laughs) that Madonna is, uh, she's not repulsed by sex. She's all about sex. She loves sex. She's, you know, it's like, Jesus Christ. Okay, we get it.
3: The old lady too. They said something about her. She had a lot of husbands or something. So. But uh, I th- you hear one of the girls say, "Boy, that was some good peeing," <laughs> stuff like that. So, um, but the uh, I really liked the the promo reel they did in the middle with the the women doing like stereotypical woman shit. Like one girl slides into thirst. She wanna well she she legs out a triple and then takes out a compact and like powders her nose. Uh-huh. And they talk about the other girl like making spaghetti. Like that's her favorite thing to do. That's Betty spaghetti. Betty spaghetti. Yeah. Um, the uh <laughs> so the movie at this point just kind of follows the women um uh, through their premier season um mainly it's the uh Rochester peaches no Ro- the Rockland peaches what where were they from
4: oh uh, shit
3: I, I even posted images of their uniforms and stuff um i don't remember and this is this um you know this is the these teams were based in i mean these were actual teams that were in this league at the time um, so, um, it just kind of follows their first season and the, the, you know, the, the, a lot of people aren't showing up to, to the games. Um, so they start to like more ridiculous stuff. Um, you know, Gina Davis does, you, I think that was in the, that was in the, uh, the trailer too with her doing the split when she catches the ball and she's like, why, well, you know, why did you do that? And she's like, oh, well, you know, kind of, well, the quote unquote ratings trying to get, you know, trying to." attract people to the ballpark. Um, so they all kind of like are getting more comfortable in their own. And all the while they're getting kind of a rivalry with uh, with Dottie who plays catcher and Kit who uh, who's the pitcher, but the younger sister and she's kind of jealous or has an issue with Dottie's being like kind of the face of the league and almost, uh, I mean she argues with Tom Hanks a lot about who's going to coach and stuff. and But that – that character really fucking got on my nerves after a while. Which uh, one? Kit Kit Keller. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like she picks a fight with Rosie O'Donnell at one point and like the whole like thing where throw her in the shower, like cool off and like I don't know. She was pretty annoying.
4: Well, she was supposed to be she was kind of being a
3: Yeah, I guess she's supposed to be kind of bratty. She's whatever, probably yeah. younger and I don't know. Um David's David Straythern is in it. Uh, he play he kinda keeps the league going. Um back He's
4: good in everything. Yeah, if callback, that fucker's yeah. ever in anything where he's bad, let me know.
3: <laughs> and he I mean he he's coming back from you know, he was an eight men out. Uh that was right around this time, right? Yeah. He so, was
4: uh lefty whatever, the pitcher.
3: Yeah. So and he played an older guy in that one. Well he was you know, he was on the verge of retiring. So um the, the uh, some of the comedy in this didn't really work for me, some of it did. Um, you know, I I, I did laugh. This wasn't really comedy, but I did laugh at Squiggy getting his five seconds in there. <laughs> yeah, um, they must have been just longtime friends. But the uh, I laughed when uh, when uh, Hanks mutters to the umpire, Did anyone ever tell you, you look like a penis with a little hat on? That was pretty funny. Or the, the little kid peeking at all the chicks with their bras and taking off their stockings. Um, but then some of the stuff, like I said, with the Rosie O'Donnell stuff, uh, some of the comedy kind of missed, but I think that's probably, she was
4: obnoxious.
3: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's probably more kind of the target audience for this. This was a wide release kind of movie. It's not, not, Mm. nothing really all that edgy. Um, I did, I laughed a lot when he, he wrote, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the little kid comes up to Jimmy Dugan later in the movie and uh, he says, could you sign my baseball card? And he write he, the kid reads, it, he's like, avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> he said, that's good. That's good advice, kid. Um, you know, and it's a little sappy, it's a little corny and stuff at times, but I mean, I, I enjoyed this, uh, the, you know, there, there's a, there's a scene with a telegram in it that kind of got me a little bit. I like that.
4: What about uh, Carmine Ragusa from uh, Laverne and Shirley? Did you see him?
3: Yeah, he was in there too. This is like a, he was Laverne dancing? Sh- yeah. <laughs> was, when they were dancing, I liked that one like nerdy guy swooning at, swimming at uh, General Omar Bradley singing on the stage. That was pretty funny too.
4: They She's were like, really... I mean, I know I said this before, but they were really fucking... Uh, give him Madonna a fucking push yeah. in this movie. I mean, but this, but then again, this was when she was really big, you know.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is she like she, she wasn't blonde yet, or maybe she had gone back to brunette. When was uh, when did she oh, get this blonde? Is like
4: like a prayer or whatever. Maybe okay. So this is a little she before had, she got
3: huge. Yeah, but the. Um, one thing I was surprised at, because I, I, I don't know that they used actual baseball players in this movie. I, honestly, I didn't look it up. I assume they used actresses, but, and, but a lot of the baseball looked really solid. Yeah. But there's one play at the end where, and, and, and granted it's for drama's sake, but they could have done this better. Like the, the throw that the shortstop makes when somebody beats out a grounder, was like, it looked awful. <laughs> like almost everything looked good. I mean, the pitching especially looked really good and some of the plays in the outfield and stuff, but man, this fucking one throw and it's a pivotal scene. So you'd yeah. think they'd at least make the throw look good, but man, it looked terrible. Like, I mean, it was a girl throw, pardon the expression, but oh. what? What? they really could have done that better.
4: Oh, the guy that was um, the, the uh, head of Harvey candy bars or whatever that ran the league oh, that's was, P- uh, uh, that's Penny that's, Marshall's dad.
3: Uh, Penny yeah. Mar- that's her dad. Okay. Yeah, I think. Okay. or was that her husband is Gary Marshall dad or husband
4: I thought it was her dad
3: maybe it is I don't know how old he was Gary Marshall let's look him up he was born in 1934 oh shit let's see when she was born she was Uh, born in 43 so he would have been 9 had to be her husband (laughs) brother of Penny (laughs) brother Brother. okay okay
4: I knew they were something she was married to Rob Reiner did you know that at one
3: time I I don't know that I knew that or not.
4: Schlamoel Schlamozzle.
3: There you go. Well anyway, what, what do you have to add on this one?
4: And Tracy Reiner played Betty Spaghetti. <laughs>
3: nice.
4: Jesus Christ, That's Tracy whole Reiner. Well, she must little have been group a, there. Who the hell was she fucking uh yeah took the name of her mother's second <laughs> husband, Rob Reiner. <laughs> so that must have been uh fucking Penny Marshall's daughter, eh? Maybe. Yeah, well... Uh, okay, so what would you ask me? <laughs> <laughs> what, what did I you am, think of this? I'm amazed by the computer. Um, I like this movie. I've watched it several times. I just... I like Tom Hanks in yep. this movie. I, you know, I think Tom Hanks is okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate he his did. guts or anything. Um He's uh, made a, uh, a nice little career uh, <laughs> playing you know, in some small movies. Um, I thought he was pretty funny in this. And when he's drunk yeah. and he, like, <laughs> kissed the ugly woman, uh, the Wicked Witch of the West uh, lady who was well, in charge of them. Was she supposed uh, to be,
3: like, the chaperone or something? Yeah,
4: she was the chaperone. Okay. And he grabbed her ass one time and then he, he fucking <laughs> kissed her the one time. And uh, um, I... Um, uh, just watching him at the beginning when they just basically told him to just come out and tip his hat, and then you know uh, that's all he had to do, <laughs> and he he tipped his hat. <laughs> He's like, he life, I can't. <laughs> and then when he would just sit in the in the dugout, and uh, the guy said, you know, hey Jimmy, that was great. I like the uh, I especially liked when you scratched your balls for <laughs> for like forty <laughs> minutes straight. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, uh Hanks Hanks made the movie for me mm-hmm. uh just like, and of course the uh there's no crying in baseball thing the look on his face and his hand <laughs> motions and shit and that was like yeah. he's like uh, what'd you do you know do this are you fucking are you fucking stupid or what she's like no yeah, yeah, you know cuz she was starting to cry <laughs> i thought that was hilarious and i like i love when his his great saying of uh you know, use your head. It's the lump three feet above your
3: ass. <laughs> and that really made her start crying.
4: Yeah, that really made her start crying. I, that was pretty funny. Um, there, I thought that, you know, I guess it's not that kind of movie. So it's, you know, it's, it's, they didn't, they didn't go that way. But, um, there seemed like they, they almost at one point were showing some chemistry between Jimmy and, um, uh,
3: I think that was the original idea. That was probably scrapped.
4: But but I think it, it, if if they would have done that, knowing that they're talking about uh, her husband being in the war, and, the husband would have had to have died. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no way that they could have the husband over there. Now, in real life, that's what would have happened. The yeah. husband would have been over there fucking laying in a ditch, is soaked in mud and cold <laughs> And she'd be sucking this guy's dick <laughs> behind his back, but um,
3: you're so bitter.
4: No, well, you know, um, <laughs> but I live in the real world. Uh, so anyway, but <laughs> I, because it seemed awful, it seemed weird that, like, you know, and I, I'm kind of like you. I wonder if they weren't thinking about going that way and having. Him get killed or something, and then those two get together. Yeah, but because it's like Bill Pullman is a pretty big actor, and he just shows up in a nothing kind of role. Oh god, he could have had anybody he's play worthless. It. I could have fucking just showed up. And <laughs> maybe he
3: wasn't. I don't know. He'd, he'd done anything big by that point, though. Was eighty nine? This was ninety two.
4: Ninety two.
3: So Independence Day was probably his big like big turn, and that was that was ninety four. I mean, he was in Spaceballs like he was in a
4: uh, sleepless in Seattle I mean uh, he wasn't like that like you said uh, independence day I think was his big thing and 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 if they probably everybody else just thought he was Jeff Daniels he was so in, anyway he
3: was, in, he was in the serpent and the rainbow which i didn't like very much
4: Yeah where they uh, the uh the zombie thing Yeah the zombies not only don't run but they fucking you know whatever anyway <laughs> um there was um i cannot remember the 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 one chick that played um the blonde she's pretty fucking hot
3: yeah the one that's like miss just, georgia or something she would always start the singing which i yeah. like that song they would sing but she uh she would always start the song and she I looked
4: her up and she didn't seem like she did anything else i mm-hmm. mean you know uh, like she might have been in like two things or something is that ellen sue Gotlander. She played the shortstop, I think. But like you said, I was surprised that that um, some of these girls had to have had to have been like softball players or yeah,
3: something. Yeah.
4: And they and I would think, with the exception of like maybe Madonna or somebody like that, that they that they kind of uh, said, "Hey, we we're going to have this girl baseball movie, and you know, we need some some." girls that have some experience because you know they were whipping the ball around and like like you said even uh lori petty fucking when she was pitching and stuff i mean she she had the high kick and yeah. and uh you know they, they and, it, and it really tells a lot in baseball movies um you can kind of fake the the in the field stuff like you said if a if somebody doesn't really know how to throw you can't really fake that But that like, batting yeah yeah and,
3: I, and, really and, and Costner, way. I got to say, Costner always looks good when he bats. Yeah. Like, he looks like he knows what he's doing. Now, in Bull Durham, uh, what's his face? Tim, uh, uh, what's his fucking last oh, name? Uh, Susan Sarandon's uh, Tim ex Robbins. guy Tim, Tim Robbins. He did not look like he could pitch very well. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: the, the, <laughs> he looked the a little silly. The thing about Tim Robbins that, that that came off that is that he's just so, he's like really big and tall. Yeah. So that kind of helped because you know a lot of times major league pitchers or you know Gangly, guys like yeah. are are you know uh pretty tall guys but anyway um i kind of this one i like it i i've watched it several times i watched it not that long ago before we were going to do the show and um i don't know it's lighthearted and everything mm-hmm. it does have some some uh sentimental moments in it that uh but like but even like this it's a baseball movie and like Coster's movie is a baseball movie it it um it has a certain you know americana kind of a thing kind of yeah. a feel and you know it it has a lot of nostalgia and, and uh it, it's it's a feel good movie i mean you know you have some baseball movies that are you know darker and dirtier, like I said, like Cobb or Eight Men Out or you know, but but for the most part it's, it's you know, good-hearted, light-hearted humor. Uh, Lovitz was just awesome when he was walking through the fucking chickens. <laughs> get these wild animals away from me! <laughs> and uh, uh, when he started to leave and they were like where are you going? He goes, I gotta go! You know, he's like, uh, I hate when they get attached to me, you know. Pickle,
3: pickle. Awesome.
4: Yeah, he's great. Um so anyway, that's all I had. You covered pretty much everything. Cool. There.
3: Uh I like this a lot. I, I was uh I I didn't know what to ever expect from this one. Um it uh I, I like that they they don't make it about like and it's probably good that Penny Marshall directed it and it's it's not they make it a very empowering movie. Um yeah. and and I they, they I like how they it's not obvious but they how they poke fun at um the what was expected of these women when they were playing the whole you know being made up and sexy while still playing yeah. baseball. I, it's just, it's funny and just by presenting it it makes it seem ridiculous which I've, I I appreciate about it. Um this is a solid movie. I give it a 7.5. I I quite enjoyed it.
4: It didn't the, the it doesn't kill it for me but they could have taken Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna completely out of the movie, and it wouldn't have bothered me a bit.
3: They must have, it must have been there for star power. Yeah. Because Rosie O'Donnell was doing her stand-up and stuff then, and she was kind of a name, and Madonna was becoming huge. And oh, yeah. Ha- you know, having them in the movie, that you're going to get a whole other, well, you're going to get young girls coming to see it. Maybe yeah. not for Rosie O'Donnell, but definitely for um, for Madonna. What do you mean,
4: not for Rosie O'Donnell?
3: <laughs> I don't know if I don't know I'm if young sure. w- I don't know if little girls wanted to see all
4: that. But anyway, uh, so, seven point five for me. Uh, we always talk about the homoeroticism kind of a thing in, <laughs> in movies. Um, maybe it's because I'm kind of a fucking perv or something. Maybe not. Okay, now. Stereotypically, and I'm saying this stereotypically,
1: mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. women's softball, right? Sometimes you think,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
4: okay, <laughs> uh, you have Rosie O'Donnell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I know that Lori Petty is not a lesbian. She has said, I'm not a lesbian. Everybody thinks I am because I have short hair or how I, how I dress or whatever, but she's always said, you know, I'm not. I'm not ashamed. If I was, I would say it, but I'm not. Okay. There was, there was the one scene where um, it seemed like Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell were pretty close. And there was one scene where, wasn't Lori Petty, the girl, was painting her fingernails? They didn't, they didn't allude to anything because they were talking about, do you think guys really like this? You know, and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I don't know if it was made today. I wouldn't have minded if they would have thrown in some... No, I'm not saying, like, <laughs> s- lesbian sex. I'm just saying that, like, you know, if one of the characters... But then again, Rosie O'Donnell was like, you know, she basically said the only reason that she was with the guy that she was with was because, you know, I can't remember what, what she said. But I don't know what what point I'm trying to make. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that... Um, eh. But then again, it was the... <laughs> When was this supposed to take place? World War II, 1940s. Yes, 42, 43 so, is when the
3: league started. So.
4: People would have probably been more in the closet. They would have been afraid to say anything. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Say anything. So, anyway, but anyway, um, I'm with you. I would give it, uh, you give it a 7.5? Mm hmm. Yeah, I'll say 7.5. 7. 7.5 three star yeah. movie. I'll go right there with you. Awesome. I liked it better than the other one.
3: I'm gl- yeah, I did too. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I finally saw it. I, it's, it was and it's good, funny because you're talking.
4: Movie. Okay, you got one. But then again, I, I don't think the other one. I think it was more about the the concept of baseball, mm-hmm. and, and it was used as as a like a metaphor for something. Whereas this one, you saw more actual baseball. Yep. And uh, so because it's funny because it's like you have a, a baseball movie with that was pretty much male dominated. And then you have a baseball movie that is completely, <laughs> even the director uh, and the majority of the actor, the, the, the baseball players and everything are female. And I like that one better. I thought, ton, you know,
3: uh, Yeah, and tons more of actual baseball in it. And stuff, yeah. So. Cool. All right. Uh, how about some uh, how about some feed sack now? You want to do that? Right. A little, a little bit of feed sack? All right. Let's take a break and feed come sack, back. Feed sack. And, yeah, feed sack and stuff. We'll be back. Back. Hey there, boys and girls. This is Maverick New York filmmaker Abel Ferrara, director of such films as Driller
6: Killer, Miss Forty Five, Bad Lieutenant, China Girl, Beer City, and Nine Lives of the Wet Pussy i'm not out power drilling hobos smoking rock cocaine
1: hanging
3: out with bruce willis uh, when i'm not doing that i'm listening to the milk creeps it's a podcast whatever the fuck that is they covered my movie driller killer on the very first episode so they're obviously sick fucks if you like that kind of thing check them out on facebook or itunes yeah they're called the milk creeps all right
2: For more information, go to facebook.com slash millcreeps, millcreeps.lipson.com, or look up the Mill Creeps on iTunes or Stitcher. (laughs)
3: <laughs> um, we got a, a couple weeks to catch up on, but not too much, because nobody listens to this shit.
1: All right. Well, fr- No, why? I
3: don't know. Bad chemistry. All right. Yeah. First feed sack voicemail.
5: <laughs> oh, no. Hey, guys. you Bill of Oh, god! you guys need my buddy Slash Lones movie, Rhinestone. I going to say I had a funny story about Rhinestone. Makes you laugh. Uh they were banking the producers on the, the success of Rhinestone that uh, it was going to alter the sequel uh, Rocky IV uh, if Rhinestone was one of the success so Rocky IV would have been a musical <laughs> can you imagine a Rocky IV musical <laughs> I uh, they didn't go too far thanks to Rhinestone tanking. and I don't even you know the script is still around but, uh, they did approach me Cause that was already sound doing the, you know, play. It's uh, it, uh, I do remember the one song that I made. It, uh, I don't remember the whole thing, but I remember the lyrics. The song was called uh, "I Must Break You." <laughs> Who would have guessed that, right? I didn't. I guess sing the song. Called, I must break you. I do. Know the chorus went like this: <clears throat> mm-hmm. I must break you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I must make you snap. <laughs> uh, that's all I can really remember. It sounds like a familiar song, too, so I think we would have, you know, maybe had some copyright issues. But uh, <laughs> I guess uh, you could say it the good thing, Ryan was is in the success. <laughs> that's lie.
3: Next.
6: <laughs> oh, hell no. Stone Count Steve Austin, oh, doesn't approve of two uh, pussies. Or you're that bitch boy, sliced loose rhinestone. Now let old stone Count Steve Austin, tell you something. <laughs> Real men don't sing, or at least when we sing, we don't sing with the. Pissy little songs like Side" and all that bullshit that was involved in Rhinestone. We don't team up and do a little cute comedy with Dolly fucking Parton. Oh, hell no. And we sure as hell don't make a piece of shit called Rhinestone. <laughs> you won't see Stoke Steve Austin in a Rhinestone remake. Uh, and trust me, they've approached all Stone Cold, because they'd heard his dulcet tones when he used to pull out the banjo and play a few tunes when we're all stacked down when he wanted to break up the monotony of ass whip. Ah, uh-uh, but Stone Steve Austin was going to happen, because Stone Steve Austin isn't a musical. Because Stone Steve Austin is a man. That's some bitch, Sylvester saloon, And i may tell you something. When in the 80s, I went and I seen it. Round through, Because like in the 80s, for some reason, so-called Steve Austin was actually of the belief that Stallone was a real man, and that was the breaking point right there that told him, this bitch can't hold Hang tights up with the best of them, surely not with me, and he... It's not going a off, bitch. Yeah, he may not be able to hide behind his guns like he did in his Rambo movies or behind those fake fist fights that he did in Rocky, but he sure as hell couldn't hide behind Dolly Parton and her big old titties. What's that now? He was probably slobbering all over because he's a son of a bitch. Why did that just sound like Jim Cornette? Oh, hell no! That's what Rhinestone does to me. It makes me Jim Cornette. So, a stone cold Steve Austin. See, why do we tell Stoke so-called story. Stoke called used to work programs with a wrestler by the name of Jeff Jarrett. And he used to have this gimmick at the WWF that he was a country music singer. And after a while, he kind of slowly got away from that. And he started you know, getting managed by my future wife, Deborah. Now, in the free time... In his free time, he'd still sing some tunes, some bitch-ass country music that was nothing but panty waists. So what's him coming to? He'd walk over, he didn't a stunner. He'd open up, he had more of a can of whip-ass, just like he'd do in that ring. And then when he married Deborah, oh, that's the actual broke the camel's back with that relationship, that marriage with Deborah, That marriage ended because she started singing Jeff Jarrett and rhinestone tunes, and I had it with a stunner. Oh, hell yeah, beat my walk, because he likes rhinestone. But Sloan suck it.
3: What? <laughs> uh, thank you, Stone Cold. Alright.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, next.
6: Why soon go, you fucking cunts? <laughs> this is fucking <fattening>, Ray Winston. <laughs> I couldn't fucking believe my fucking ears when I was sitting fucking selling myself at the side of fucking swimming pool is you your fucking cunts talking about you know, it's Ray Winston. The fucking brutalism. Of course, <laughs> the fucking Ray Winston every fucking day of the fucking week. You know me, son? Who the fuck is this fucking cunt? Why he's fucking here? Fucking sliced along, fucking ringing in every fucking week. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> That's why I fucking hear. And that's all you'll be fucking
3: saying. He ever comes down my fucking neck in the woods in old London, can. I fucking tease in. Cunting. <laughs> Cunt. Good old Ray Winstone. Was he pissed that we called him fat? I can't remember.
4: Nah, he was pissed because um, we were um, deciding who was better, him or Brendan Gleason.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh.
3: Yeah, so we. I think we did. I think we did debate who was fatter between the two.
4: Yeah, was it fatter or better? Both. Both. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. Yep. Fatter and better.
3: Yep. We are fatter, thus we are better.
7: Yeah, Suck it. Hey, God. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm sure a lot of people that it's expect me to call him you know, major pissed off at you. Fucking Meatballs fucking say Rhinestone was a piece of shit. Now, you know, <laughs> I should have expected that from you guys, you know? Fucking, fucking, I should have, like, got two professional podcasters like fucking Metal Michael or the fucking Gigi <laughs> to review this movie, you know? They guys that appreciate Sly and his fucking movies and the, the fucking deepness. You know, you guys, you just look at the surface fucking you're too busy fucking burping and farting and fucking talking about hating women and shit you know fucking spend a bit more time watching sly looking at fucking sly's muscles and appreciating sly and talking about how much you love sly you know fucking i don't get you guys you know you fucking you're going about how much you love sly and you're like oh oh, look at fucking right (laughs) stuff fucking <laughs> 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 like fucking. the bad fucking comedy,
3: yeah, That that wasn't a perfect impersonation of our show.
7: <laughs> comedy, you know? Fucking, you know, just fucking grow up, you know? <laughs> uh, fucking, you know, you're still invited down to my basement to work out. I think, you know, you guys need a bit of discipline. Sly's the man to give you that discipline, you know? We'll fucking get that, yeah? Fucking work out. Fucking. You know, doing all the weights. You fucking appreciate all new fucking set of life skills or that shit. You might improve your podcasting skills as well. You know, fucking Sly got a lot to give. And that's, that's all I'm gonna say today. You know, fucking I don't want to go on, but you know, just just fucking have a look. Just sit back and fucking have a look at yourselves. You know, fucking grow up, man. It's fucking *Rhinestone*. It's the fucking greatest movie of all time. Ugh. Ugh.
3: Ugh.
4: Powering through.
3: Mm. I don't know who this one's from.
2: Driven so Gold. Um, very much liked this last uh, is that, show. Is I think. It Cody? 90, the Van Damme double feature. Um, I've yet to actually, yeah, I've yet to listen to the same half of the show. Because uh, I am going to put that off.
3: That's okay, because Zom hasn't listened to it at all, and I don't remember it, so.
2: (laughs) Until I watch Sudden Death, uh, which I did not know had Powers Booth in it.
1: Yes,
3: it
2: does. uh, Which is why I don't want to uh, have that watch before I listen, because that sounds too too good. Um, The Quest, on the other hand, um, (coughs) Jake used... All of like the perfect language to express like just like the core details of that movie, like earnest and like definitely like honest, sort of well-meaning. Uh, it's such, it's it's so interesting because it's it really is just like. Uh, it it, it means ways. It means well, but for all, like, the wrong reasons. It's like, it's a a PG-13, like, pirate karate movie. (laughs) But, you can just, but it's also, like, directed by Van Damme, who you can kind of tell was, like, at that point in his career, with the coke, just, like, I don't know, replacing most of the the blood in his body. Just saying on set, like, White the children deserve a chance to see one of my movies. So he puts together this, like, I don't know, weird, like, swashbuckling thing. And it definitely, like, sucks. Um, <laughs> a lot. Uh, but I, I, it's kind of awesome how much you get for 90 minutes. Uh, just pirates and, like, high-sea adventure nonsense and then, like, uh, and then, like, a version like, sports. And, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. Like, it's not good. It's not a good movie. But, uh, I don't know, so much, so much of movie watching is, like, the pursuit of some kind of, like, disposable novelty. And there's plenty of, mm-hmm. there's plenty of novelty, uh, in that. I get it confused periodically with, a uh, possibly even worse uh, Van Dam movie with charlton heston
1: Ooh.
3: it's
2: not called it 's called like the mission or something like that i don 't know uh, maybe another one to have uh Jake on to discuss but <laughs> uh great show as always um,
3: are you sure about that
2: I need to see rhinestone now uh. so it was good to to have uh uh you loaf which places was with you Dom, as far as like the one person who could enjoy the bad movie or the other person
3: <laughs> oh my god that what movie made me angry me for death
2: so uh alright well I'll talk to you guys later love the show bye
3: bye <laughs> thank you sir <laughs> fucking Drinkenstein. god damn it <laughs> uh, that's funny that Rhinestone has gotten more comments on than like anything else we've reviewed the last year Ah, uh, good old rhinestone. Yeah, Emily. They had to make a trilogy. <laughs> Emily was <laughs> Emily was kind of pissed that we shit on Dolly a little bit too. So. Oh well, fuck her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's our Dolly. Hey, here it goes. This, 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 Now, you guys fucking review the movies of John fucking Claude Madden. <laughs> <laughs> You're know, the fucking French fucking. Fancy buttons, man. Fancy. (laughs) You fucking appeared in the greatest action movie of all time, (laughs) Expendables 2. Sorry, me, Sylvester Stallone. I don't know what fucking movies you fucking got fucking in now, but you know, Expendables 2, the greatest action movie of all time. Fucking, I got fucking Gene fucking Claude fucking. You know, I got him over from France to fucking play in my movie. You know, he's one of the fucking greatest French men I've ever fucking
1: known.
0: He's <laughs> fucking you know, I needed a character for him. So I just used his first name, fucking Jean, uh, as fucking And I thought, you know, what would be a fancy fucking surname? For the bad guy. I thought, you know, the French guy's fucking Villain, you know, fucking Gene Villain, <laughs> fucking what a fucking fantastic name, man, man, fucking what a fucking badass, man, for a fucking badass, fucking villain, you know, Villain, you know. That wasn't really his villain, name, was, his was it? it? Name's <laughs> villain, yes. fucking I can't believe it. <laughs> I was pretty pleased with myself, you know. Ooh. Yeah. Fucking, so yeah, that, that was pretty good. <laughs> you know, you may have heard uh, my voice has a bit funny. You know, <laughs> I mean. I've been working real hard, you know, I pulled a fucking, a few extra muscles, you know, I'm building up all my muscles, fucking, got a fucking extra, like, pump, you know, fucking, my voice is even deeper than it was before, you know, it's great, I'm fucking even, I'm even more fucking mad than I was before, I'm like the fucking Mega Man or some shit, i fucking, you know, on your latest show fucking... You had some like fucking <laughs> meatball, fucking book Jake fucking book meatball, fucking. <laughs> fucking look at Stallone, he didn't fucking make any decent fucking action movies in 1997. You fucking. Fucking. Fuck you, man. Look at fucking my IMDb. Copland. I, I made Copland the fucking greatest action movie of all time. The greatest fucking performance of Stallone of all time, you know? Fucking. What the fuck, you know, you're fucking too busy watching your fucking <laughs> shitty fucking films with all the fucking other meatballs. You need watch Sly. You know, I'll, I'll let you off. I didn't really do much after that until 2000. And I made Get Carter, you know, the fucking greatest action movie of all time. <laughs> it was so good. Fucking Michael Caine decided to remake it back, like, fucking years ago. Fucking, you know, it's not as good as my version, but, you know, he did all right. Uh, fucking uh, Don't think I fucking didn't notice you didn't fucking play my voicemail last week, you know? <laughs> I don't know whether to be angry or not about that, because, you know, you're that fucking meatball, now, I need to fucking listen to Sly fucking speaking. You know, it might have it been good. It might have got like fucking... I love Sly, now. He's the fucking greatest, you know? Fucking fuck fuck G-Clone, you know? Fucking Sly, it was that, you know? the fucking... But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know whether to be angry or not. You know, he could have just fucking do all the your fucking fart noise all the time. But, yeah, that's about okay, that, all I gotta say. You know, I gotta fucking make sure my my voice, you know, doesn't fucking get even deeper. Because, you know, fucking, I don't want to know what fucking happened if that uh, fucking happens, You know? So, I gotta fucking leave it there. Oh no. <laughs>
3: wow oh my god i just I just almost lost my breath laughing my uh I threw the one of the squeaky toys up onto the futon I have in the room, and the futon's unfolded. And my poor fucking dog ran nose first into the wall t- chasing it. And he had the funniest look on his face because he turned around and he w- he started sneezing over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> he kept showing his teeth and like going... <laughs> and then he would sneeze. <laughs> oh my God, I couldn't breathe. Um, yeah, you know how they are. Sly, I was just... Uh, sorry about not playing your voicemail last week. I was saving it for Zom so we could both hear it. Um, since the Jake the McMeatball... <laughs> He's not he's not as important as Zom, obviously. So we had to save it for him. So, but now you got two in one week again. So, uh, at least he got over over Rhinestone. All right, I should have I should have read this first because I shouldn't save my voice for last. But we got an email from a uh, uh, well. I don't think it's a new listener, but it's a new feedbacker. Good. Okay. Um, uh, it is from and he joined the group recently too. So. From Armin, Uh, Armin says, greets from Germany. We've gone international, everybody. Hi, guys. I've been listening to your excellent podcast for a while now, and I have to say that you've become my favorite show after listening to an here unnamed number of other podcasts. So I finally joined your Facebook group. There should be way more members. Well, you know, if you count all the people that have left, we're probably up to like 300. So I also wanted to send a quick feedback email. I'm amazed by the variability of movies discussed and your personal chemistry as well. That's weird. As as well as the the fluid transition from fart and boob jokes, always appreciated, to uh, quite deep topics like the treatment of minorities in society. Uh, I'm nearly pissing my pants laughing at least once in every show. It was funny, Zom mentioned Thomas uh, Gottschalk in one of the latest shows. He was actually one of the most well-known showmasters in Germany now more or less retired or at least looking for a new show, but was in some god-awful movies in the 80s. Unluckily, there are, in my view, only a few German movies to recommend for a treatment in your podcast. You had, of course, already a Fassbender movie. Uh, it would be great to see your comments on the on one of the Kinski-Herzog joints. I recently uh, rewatched watched uh, Wojciech, uh, a not necessarily entertaining but quite strong flick. It's already worth seeing for a wired Kinski shaving an officer with a straight razor. Another wish would be, and I know Zom is a fan of Burt Lancaster, The Train, one may uh, one amazing and underwatched, is this even a correct word? Uh, World War 2 movie. I so,
4: love that movie.
3: Is it good? Uh, well, yeah, well, it's one of my should, favorites. going to do a Magnificent Bastard Burt? I'll do Bit. it. But uh, so enough babbling. Thanks again for your amazing work and all the best from Germany, Armin. Thank you, sir. Thank you. you know, Wojciech was one I never made it through. Um, it's one. I, it's a weird, slow-paced movie. Um,
4: Is that where he's like the Polish soldier and?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't remember. I do not remember. I can't remember. It, it takes like a lot of it takes place on a. a there might even be a murder there, but there's a lot that takes place on like a, a like a lakeside. Oh, mm. There's a, there's a lake scene in it. Lots of yeah. I don't know i'll confuse the name of that one with with strozek yeah which is kind of german and kind of american but cool thank I you i like for, that one That was kind of in. kind of kind of kind of bleak a little bit
4: it was bleak but it was it was it was, yeah, it was good
3: I like it. yeah like uh, yeah.
1: yeah
3: awesome yeah we'll, we'll try to think of a couple uh a, a german flicks we'll uh maybe we'll do a double soon We'll just do a German double. We'll figure out. We did uh, We did uh, Bloody Friday quite a while back, too. That was another German flick we did. Remember that one?
4: Bloody yeah. Friday.
3: Blutiger Freetag or whatever it was yeah,
4: called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, leather pants, leather yeah. jacket, and The Big old
3: round sunglasses. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's it for Feed Sack. <clears throat> and you can always send us feed, sack. I forgot to do this last week. Uh, to two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred 339 1600 or Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on iTunes, uh, on Silva and on Stitcher. And join our Facebook group or leave our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Gold. Come yell at us about having no chemistry. Um, wow. So next week on the show. Uh, we 're going to do uh, w- we had we had one in mind, but we decided to do some like shitty stuff instead uh we 're going to do um, <laughs> how do we uh, what is the double exactly uh, uh, bald jerks double feature
4: <laughs> bald old jerk
3: bald jerks double feature uh we 're going to do um, at least, and I hope that the, uh, the bald jerk in this one is actually a jerk because I don't know nothing about the movie. But we're going to do the movie Fortress from 1992 with Christopher Lambert and Kurtwood Smith as the bald jerk, hopefully. Prison director Poe. It's a prison movie. The prison director has to be a jerk, right? Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to do a David Cronenberg flick uh, with Michael Ironside from 1981, Scanners. Um, he's a huge jerk. So Scanners and Fortress. For next week, Ah, it's time to edit the show and go to bed. I gotta be up early. And Zom has to go to work. So, Zom, Uh, do you have anything else this week, sir?
4: Um, no. Nah, me either.
3: Fuck this place.
4: Yeah, this show sucks.
3: (laughs) Fuck this shit. Until next week, this is loaf fucking oot.
4: (laughs) Zom. Bye. (laughs)
1: Ha, (sniffs) ha, (sniffs) ha.